Back once again with the Renegade Master. Deep full damage your power to the people. Back once again with the Renegade Master. Classic tune. Welcome, Internet people, to another episode of the best podcast in the world. That's why we're back with the Megavision Show. This is episode 41 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to the Megavisions magazine. It is July 5th, 2020. I am Scotty Moe, the managing editor of Megavisions magazine, and joining me this week is Graham. How are you doing, Graham? Hey, hey, very good. I am loving the enthusiasm on that. <laughs> I try to that make it. I, it's, it's like a. He's going all the way down the court. He got it in the basket. Like that weird cadence thing. I don't know. It's a slam dunk of a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. So I guess uh, I, for someone who watches zero sports, I'm being the sports announcer. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I am well, thank you. How are you doing? How are all you? right. All right. I don't know if it's because it's earlier in the day, but I, I feel like I'm a little more energized than I was last week. Granted, last week was complications left and right, it seemed. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm doing okay. Bearing in mind the heat, it's a it's a uh, intense 90 degrees over here or 35 for everybody else in the world. And uh, humidity is up there and not... Not fun. Um, I went outside yesterday and and went and visited my mom, uh, and was literally just standing outside. There was no breeze, but just standing outside, and I started sweating. It was that gross out. I was in the shade too, but um, uh, so I don't know how how it is for you guys over there. I assume that you never see the sun because, ha ha, England is cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be entirely wrong as such. It's, it's weird, like. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a really hot week, like super hot. There's like a similar temperature, sort of like 32 degrees um, mm-hmm. or whatever that is at Fahrenheit, 90 degrees or whatever. Um, and yeah, and then suddenly it just kind of stopped being so sunny. Um, and we've had a bit of rain. We've had, we've had a lot of wind, um, but it's been warm still. So it's been around uh, 20, like 20 to 24 degrees centigrade, or that's like around 70 Fahrenheit, I guess. Um, so it's Probably. Been, like comf- comf- comfortably warmish um, and a bit okay, but it's kind of cloudy, but like it's not super sunny, basically. It's not super cloudy, but it's not super sunny either. It's weird. It's a weird uh, At least it's not year. just beaten down on you, I guess. Yeah, I guess because yeah, that one week I was like in my office room working from home, and I had two fans on me, uh-huh. just blowing the window open. I even tried the trick where you don't have the window open so much, and you actually have the blinds closed because that stops the sun beating down on you, mm-hmm. and it's still boiling. I was just like I was basically in my underpants most of the day. Um, Ugh, that's just, you know, and that's having, like the every time that's I had like to have a, a meeting, you... I had oh a gosh, yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. That's like a day when you 
you know, you get out of the shower and then you towel off and then you're standing there looking in the mirror and you're already sweating. <laughs> like it's yeah, not, yeah. Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah, yeah. We actually had our, our AC, we have three AC units and the one in the bedroom we had turned down as low as it could possibly go, which I didn't, which I, I now learned how low it goes, I guess. Um, but it was, it wasn't unbearable, but it was still like, uh, no, no bed sheets or anything tonight. <laughs> Because that's yeah, just, that's the rough. I can't sleep through the heat. Yeah, I'm a weird one though. I need to have something on me when I sleep, like some mm-hmm. sort of heavy blanket or duvet or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in mm-hmm. the summer, it's bloody pain in the ass. It's kind of like it's a real first world problem, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, probably. It's like no, oh, too too warm to sleep without a blanket. Aren't <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but normally have a fan on and stuff at night. So oh, well. uh, yeah, because we don't redo really air conditioning over here because uh, we don't really need it, I guess. Hmm. But on those two days a year when it gets really hot, you're like, whoo. Right. I wish I'd look. <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, there's central air over in this part of the woods, but not at our place. And wherever we moved, it, this is not going to be our, our last place we live. Um, this was more our first place as a couple and to also get out of living with other people. Um, mm-hmm. But the next place we get is central air is a requirement it's not even a question at this point <laughs> so yeah but um Ooh. yeah that's exciting that's what everyone wants us to talk about the weather <laughs> well it's a very british thing so we're i'm happy you made me happy and then oh, good. There. we love we love talking about the weather <laughs> have you heard of that show called it, well i don't know if it's really a show i think it was on netflix for like a hot second um just called very british problems no, never even heard of that. that I, I started to watch one episode, and it was very. It's very. It's it's basically an episode about quirks and how you know over being overly polite and and things like that. I <laughs> I didn't. I forget. I think I put it in put it on in the background and kind of just forgot and wasn't paying attention to it. But I just remember that it exists and it is that exact concept of just very British problems. I'd be honestly, I'd be surprised if it was on in anything in your neck of the woods because I I don't know if that would offend someone or something horrible you know yeah um, i don't know I might, hmm. uh but that's actually quite a, it's funny that you talk about like the um british apologizing and stuff i've actually got a kind of a story which emphasizes that whole situation so oh gosh all right i'm, I'm ready <laughs> i used to work in a place called curry's um which is basically kind of like a best buy i guess it's kind of sells electronics and stuff Mm-hmm. They sell like laptops, TVs, um, games consoles, also the white goods, so like washing machines, refrigerators, oh, and freezers, okay. and stuff like that. So that's it's basically an electronic a, store, basically. That, it sounds like that's what a Circuit City used to be, or I forget that Best Buys actually do have appliances, so that's kind of what they are, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, because Best Buy actually came over to the UK while I was working there, and they did not last very long, because basically Curry's is just massive. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they just, Best Buy just didn't get a foothold in the UK. But yeah, anyway, I was, as I was working there, I was, I was setting stuff in the TV department, and I was walking along talking to some customers, and as I was walking along, I we had like a big stack of TVs like in like the middle of like this aisle area it's quite a wide aisle so tvs each side on display and then like some stacks of boxes for people just basically pick up and take if they want to take it to the till straight away gotcha. um and i was just walking along i accidentally bumped i was like kind of walking sideways but backwards talking to my customers not really looking where i was going i accidentally bumped into this stack of tvs oh, no. like and they were they were it's okay they were firmly on the floor they didn't okay. fall over 
But my immediate reaction was to turn to the box and go, oh, I'm so sorry. And then turn back to the customers <laughs> and keep walking. And they both just looked at me and went, did you just apologize to some boxes? I'm like, yes, I did. Now this TV over here is. <laughs> yeah, my instant reaction was just to apologize immediately to whatever it was I bumped into. Yeah, well, you don't know if it's a person. You don't know you're, yeah, and you're in your zone already. So <laughs> yeah. that's funny. I've I done like that. I did- I did see they were boxes and just started apologizing, even though I kind of knew they were boxes, but I was, I was already in the flow, as you say. I was just like, I need to apologize for whatever just happened. And they're boxes. I'm going to say, I'm sorry, boxes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. I've I've done that before. Um, I've done that, like, yeah. working at GameStop is I'll, I'll be talking to somebody and just totally run into an end cap or something and just be like, oh, I'm sorry. Or like, oh, excuse me. Like, oh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you could have turned it around and been like, well, all of our products here uh are just as important as the people we sell them to so we treat oh, them <laughs> that would have been amazing what did i have that for oh that'd be the top salesman that month <laughs> oh <laughs> that's genius i love it <laughs> keep it keep it in well hopefully you never actually have to work sales again but keep that in your back pocket I will do, for sure, yeah. I, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen with this coronavirus and the world ends. Maybe I will have to go back into sales. Oof, yeah. yeah, I hope nobody does. Um, that I, I've been mentioning it on and off as we record, but um, we've been watching the show Superstore, and if you – I didn't know – I don't – there's been the joke that you've had so many jobs and you have like a different job every time Martin comes back on the podcast and stuff. So I didn't know you worked yeah. in retail or anything ever, but if it's over there, I would check out the show Superstore because it is, it's hilarious. It's, it's just okay. people working in, in a, a big department type Sam's club type Costco kind of deal. Uh, and just the stupidity they deal with. And it's, it's amazing. Part of it makes me miss okay. retail only in the aspect of the crew that I worked with because I was very fortunate to always have a pretty decent crew that we were able to hang out and BS and, and just be humans with. But, um, boy, I don't miss the sales side. Oh, yeah. 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 I think actually, yeah, from a job perspective, it was not my best job, but actually mm-hmm. just enjoyable wise and just, yeah, it was so much fun because you're all kind of all in it together and yeah it's just yeah it's very much fighting the good fight (laughs) so but Um, uh what else have you been up to though what else have i been up to um so exciting news good news um i i say i've actually been saving up for a while for this and i either very stupidly um or very luckily um have bought myself a surface book three um so yeah it's um the Microsoft Surface Book, that's the third edition, I guess, of that. Um, they don't come out every year. They come out every few years, it seems, because um, the Surface Book 2 came out in, like, 2016 or 2017 or something. Okay. Um, and um, I'm not going to lie, it's expensive. And it was, a, it was a toss-up between me, me buying a Surface Book 2 secondhand. Um, because we've got a few shops over here which sell good secondhand quality products. So I was, like, looking at that, which was, like, about half the price, or going for the Surface Book 3. and I'd saved up enough money to buy buy the book three. And I was just like, you know what? My idea is it's going to be a, a laptop that will last a while because my laptop, the laptop it's replacing, I've had for seven or eight years or something. Jeez, um, you're like me I, with my last MacBook. It was going on a decade. And after like two sets of RAM, two different ba- um, power sources and <laughs> a second um, 
was it a second hard drive I got for it? I don't know. Multiple parts that now you can't even replace in Macs, which is kind of why I leaned Mm -hmm. away from Mac is you cannot, you can't even add RAM to MacBooks anymore. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to have that whole discussion though. That will, that could be a podcast in itself. You and me talking Mac versus Windows probably. (laughs) So is this, um, Um, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt you immediately, but is this one of those that can, you can use, it has a touchscreen and you can essentially fold like uh, in on itself to use as a tablet or am I thinking of something else? So yes and no in that, yes, it's got a touchscreen. The Mm. screen itself, you, it's, this is a weird one, but it's kind of like the cool feature of the surface. You can't fold it round on itself, but what you can do is you can take the screen off, so it's like a tablet. Oh, and then okay. you can flip the screen around, so you clip it on the the wrong way around, and then it's like it's folded in on itself. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, so you can detach yeah. it and reclip it. Yeah, you detach it and reclip it, but the wrong way around. But it it works. It's designed to work that way. Huh. So it almost looks like it's there's like a normal computer, it's keyboard folded around, but it's not. That's not the it's not like the other ones, which actually just flip all the way around. You can't physically, the hinge won't go fully round. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you take it, you can take it off. The screen actually has the processor and hard drive built into it um, and, and oh. its own battery pack. And then the keyboard has got a battery pack built into it. And also the like extra ports like, um, you know, USB and um, memory card reader and stuff. Um, so when you clip it together, you get like two batteries working together and you also get all the, ability to have like hard extra you know usb hard drives or whatever plugged into it um and when you unclip it it's like it's like having a um well a uh an ipad basically um and you can draw on it it's got you can get a pen and stuff you can draw on it and it's really okay. the the screen itself is super light it's quite impressive how light the screen is um right I made the mistake of going to the microsoft website thinking i would be able to see how it looks and meanwhile it's just a like these are the insides you know oh wow okay um that's interesting i yeah yeah we've been looking at like tablets and stuff and just nothing's cheap and practical and it's it blows my mind how no one has done what they're all doing together if that makes sense right unless everybody has their weird patents or copyrights on certain dumb things you know they might do yeah because I've also got an HP laptop as well, like a spare one, which um, is also getting a bit old now, which um, that's that's one that the screen flips all the way around. And it's good. Okay. But, um, I mean, I think the Surface is like the quality of it's so nice. It's like you are talking about sort of like Mac grade quality in the actual build. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's really nice to use. The keyboard is actually the best keyboard I've ever used. Like it's, I don't, I can't, I can't really explain it. It kind of looks like a Mac keyboard because I used to use Mac for yeah. work and stuff. Um, but the, the touch on it, there's something about it. It's so smooth to use. It's even smoother than the Mac keyboards and stuff. Um, yeah, I was not a huge fan of when Mac made that big change to all flat, like one layer, no, no, um, risen buttons or whatever. I, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, that's us nerds wanting the mechanical keyboards and stuff. You know. Yeah. One thing I will say, it's basically silent. Which oh, the keys. Okay. Not, not the no, not the keys. The whole computer. Oh, interesting. Like the way they've developed it, because because there's no real like processor and stuff in the actual base unit. There's no mm. fans in the base unit, 
and the mm-hmm. screen uh, the screen basically has um air vents around the top and the sides um and I, I assume there must be a fan in there but it seems to be silent pretty much like i don't think i've heard a fan go off yet whereas my old laptop is like a proper like turns yeah, on like right. power up um yeah i've used it quite quite heavy well when I say quite heavy, not super heavy, but I've used it for like um I've tested out my gaming. Like I I basically I've got Skyrim on my Steam Steam account, so I installed that, put it on ultra high settings and ran that for a bit. And um the base unit got a bit warm, I think, where the battery is, but like not too hot and like I it wasn't really making any noise. So I was like, this is weird because it's silent. I don't really get it. Probably scared. Probably scared, yeah. Um, it's just like uh, worried like yeah. is it not working because it is so quiet <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of, it's kind of it's kind of like that you're like uh okay yeah it's just like the eerie situation like i'm used to noise right now it's like if you go in the woods and there's like no noise suddenly like it's too quiet right um, but yeah I'm, I'm liking it so far um i think if you were looking at something that it's not really for even though I, i'm going to use games on it it's not really designed properly for gaming because i know there are more powerful laptops out there mm-hmm. which are probably cheaper as well for gaming but um, for other things like cause i want to do video uh, i like doing video editing already um you know I use photoshop and illustrator and what whatnot um it kind of is good for that and the pen on it is better than the pens i've used on other laptops as well like the pen mm-hmm. is actually super accurate and really nice Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm liking it so far. So yeah, does it? Uh, um, we'll I'm looking at a video of it when you have it in tablet mode, and like it's essentially the keyboard is the back of it. When you um set it upright, can you lock it so that you could kind of draw it an angle at all? No, that's one thing you can't seem to do. Which I, okay. I was a bit. I, th- I thought you might be able to do that, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like you can. Um, yeah. Unless I've got that wrong, maybe that's I could try that right now. I mean, I guess it. You know, what I'm asking is like, would you be able to get away with not buying a drawing table and instead just using this laptop? But maybe if you're that I serious see. about drawing and stuff, then you would already have a table. You know? Yeah, probably. Um, I know you can get. Um, I guess what are they called? Um, like a stand, which some people design for the surface oh, yeah, yeah. Um, monitor itself. Um, so you can, yeah, pop it on that and draw. Um, I was going to try this now. I'm going to flip it around. I keep seeing a commercial for the new, uh, Mac iPad or something, and it does have one of those stands and it has the most depressing song playing in the background. And people, people listening, you'll know the commercial with the hummingbird that it takes a lot of pictures and the hummingbird's like attracted to the left. It's the saddest song in the world playing in the background because it's basically saying, like, I go back to that place where I saw you and I think about seeing your face and I hope that, and and I keep thinking that in my dreams, I'm the one you're still thinking about is kind of what the song says. It's like, this is so depressing. Oh, wow. But that, that is quite. Uh, what is so, yeah, phase? I Whatever. Think, mm-hmm. I don't think you can lock this in place. Um, yeah, but I was just curious. It's it's quite good to to write on still, like in the angle. It, like you can because like if you are drawing it, you don't have to actually put too much pressure on to actually draw on it. Uh-huh. So you can actually keep just put it in, put it to an angle because like it is it's sti- it's stiff enough that it will stay up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I was to push lead on it, it will just go down. But if I, I can actually draw um, and write and stuff without having to put too much weight on it. So that seems to work quite well. I'm not a very good artist, though. Like, I'm good at fo- editing in Photoshop and stuff, but I can't 
draw anything. Well, now's the time. Indeed. This is what I'm going to learn. How to, how to draw. It looks like um, overall it's more a tablet that comes with a keyboard. I, I guess you could argue that, but uh, it's it's probably the most powerful tablet out there if, if, if you were to think of it that way. Okay. Because, um, yeah, it, it runs everything like a, a normal desktop does, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Word. Yes. Well, this has been Graham's <laughs> Tech Corner. Indeed. Let's, uh, let's detach that. Uh, put it back in its place. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what... Um, Do we have a Dreamcast yeah, oh, update? <laughs> we have a... We, sorry. Um, the Dreamcast update is there is no new update. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I just need to wait. I basically just need to wait, um, be a bit patient, and hopefully it will arrive soon. I now have pictured in my mind that if we were like a news broadcast, that that would be your entire segment and you get dressed up in like a suit and tie and they go over to you and you're just like, <laughs> the update is there's no update back to you, Michelle, or whoever, you know, like, <laughs> and, and yeah. then we don't see you the rest of the show. And that's literally what you show up at work for. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> I'd get paid to do that. Yeah, um, right. Uh uh, other things like uh, I've been playing. Um, have you ever heard of Haunting, starring Poltergeist? Yes, uh, I I have vivid memories of renting and playing this game as a kid and not getting the instruction manual, so having no fucking clue what the bonus levels oh. were. Mm -hmm. um, but that yeah. that's yes. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah, um, so I'm playing it for the magazine because I'm doing my What Did I Just Play article because I'd never even heard of the game or played it. So, oh, okay. Um, I was, Chris Chris is the one who asked me to sort of play it and look at it. So uh, I was like, okay. Uh, so I got a copy. I also don't have the manual, and I had to actually download the manual because of that. Oh, reason. yeah. It was very – I was like, what? There's a couple of bits. It's, it seems quite self-evident, self but there's a couple of bits. I was just like, I'm clearly doing something wrong here. I keep dying. I like, can't get past like the second house. So, well, oh, yeah, okay. I downloaded the manual and it made a bit more sense. Because if if you don't know, for anyone who's listening, if you don't know, the idea of the game is um, you are basically a poltergeist and you are you plan to terrorize this family um, and scare them out of their house. And you do that by going up to objects in the house, like their beds or their chairs or like a toy plane or something, and you basically haunt it. And it does different things, like the bed might suddenly get a massive mouth and start like like a grrr, or the chair might grow a long tongue and try to scare them, or like a poster will suddenly come to life. And the whole idea is you meant to scare them enough that they run out of their house, so you've got to get rid of all four members of the family. You scare them, they, they hang out in different rooms of the house, and they, they can move room to room. So you go into the, you follow them into the rooms and try to scare them as much as possible until they leave the house. Um, but yeah... Um, the funny thing is the game doesn't the game never explains to you why you're actually trying to haunt the guys it's quite i don't know if you ever picked up on that scotty uh like, i think i recall that this and this was also a time when the instruction manuals essentially had the prologue in the book and it tells you about mm -hmm. this guy because i i had yeah and i I also had no idea, and I remember we kind of made up the story that, oh, it must just be a realtor, and he's trying to sell, or somebody's trying to sell these houses to people, and we're scaring out. We had no idea it was the same family or anything until, like, the first cutscene. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you want, I can tell you the story, because I, I, I say I downloaded the manual, and it tells you the story. Sure. Um, 
it, in the game, he basically just goes, ah, there's those scum Sardini family. And I'm going to like scare them. Basically they, they say, he keeps going, they done me wrong and stuff like that. And oh, then there's yeah. a bit in like one of the cut scenes, I think it's the, sort of the last levels, like after the third house, there's only four houses in it. Like after, uh, I think after the third one, he had a little cut scene and he's like, yeah, I've just scared them off. Like, like, why am I so angry at them? Well, I was skating down the road one day. Oh, wait, where have they gone? I need to chase after them, basically. So he, like, never tells you. He literally never tells you why he's doing it. And then the manual, it tells you. <laughs> the Sardini, the, the uh, Vino Sardini, the, the, the father and husband in the family, he, 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 is a, uh, he sells skateboards, but he makes them on the cheap. He, like, buys okay. dodgy parts from China or someplace. And so Poltergeist was skating down the road one day, his skateboard broke and he died. So okay. he died because of the skateboards and apparently other people have died. And so that's why he's seeking his vengeance by scaring them out of their houses. Um, <laughs> just, sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's quite, a, it's a bit of a silly storyline and it's just annoying. They don't really explain what the, why in the, in the game at all. I was like, I so must the have kid missed died and this guy's faulty product killed him. That's all they needed to go with. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It, it could, they could have easily explained it in the cutscenes, but they kind of, I just did it in five words. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting game. It's fun. Um, it's, it's definitely a game. I would say if, if blockbuster in place of that was still open, I'd be like, rent this game because you can complete it in like an hour or so oh um, right and it's it's fun and it's something you'd be fun to show your friends but i feel like it's not a game you would want to play complete and then play a game there's not really much re- re- replayability in it mm, um mm-hmm. i unfortunately had to play through it twice when i was doing my review because i wanted to record some of it um so you know to get screenshots and stuff for the magazine but yeah, yeah um, I recall it being. I I think I recall its difficulty level being the attempt at replay value because it is pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. First, if you have no idea what you're doing, and also then the bonus levels can super screw you over. Um, yeah, there. I'm trying to find. I don't remember why, but I remember looking up this game and discovering there is a sort of quasi sequel to it on oh, wow. pc i'm trying to find because i don't remember the name of it all that keeps popping up is a game called Ghostmaster that's on steam right now which really looks just like this game um have uh, you seen the box art for the american version versus the british version the uk version i should say no i haven't it's it's like it's like one of them tried to look like the rocky horror picture show in the u.s and then yours looked tried to look like a saturday morning slapstick cartoon if you just type in haunting uh, starring poltergeist box art you oh find yeah them. um <laughs> yeah it's just so weird and um i remember yeah i i it's one of the more unique games out there for sure because i've never seen another game like it except for this Ghostmaster game and another game mm. I, I mentioned i stumbled across but i just remember the bonus levels were so different from the main game it turned it went from a strategic scare game to a collectathon a race against the clock. Like you had no idea. It was almost on the levels of like how Mr. Bones, how that game tra- changes its gameplay each level. It was like you had, you, you had just enough time to figure out what was going on to realize that you had fucked up, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cause in the, yeah. In the bonus level, it's, it's kind of, it's weird. It's actually technically not a bonus level. It's a level where you have like to recharge collect... or something. You have to recharge because every time you have this, like, in the main game, you have this, like, health meter, which goes down by time. But also whenever you make a scare, 
um it's like it's called it's like basically an ectoplasm level energy bar thing um so yeah basically you go if you run out of energy in the main game you then go to the bonus level or between levels you go to this bonus level it's like this underworld type place it's like a looks like a cave basically and you have to run along collecting pools of exoplasm that drop from the ceiling Mm. um and it's the most frustrating thing about it is the game is isometric so it's Mm. actually and it and the 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 collision detection is pretty terrible sometimes just trying to pick up the exoplasm you like run past it you like i definitely ran over that and you have to be like a nano millimeter from the left or right and there's all these traps that come out of the walls and stuff like these giant arms that come out to walls to punch you and sometimes it's impossible to avoid them because the exoplasm drops right in front of them and the arms only come out when you go near them so you kind of have to you can't even run past it because the arms will just come out and punch you anyway so it's like oh my god um, and if you run out of energy, you've got like another and different health bar in the underground bit that if you run out of that from being getting punched too much and stuff, you die. It's game over. Um, and also the, in the underground bit, you have the jumping mechanic. I don't know if you remember that. And the jumping is oh, really awkward. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. It's just, it's really bizarre. They completely change it. And then the, uh, did you ever get to the final boss? No, not legitimately i remember uh, finding out what it was and like trying to get there on my own and then i should have finished the video before playing it but i remember it being the cheapest thing in the world mm. or just not, um, again with I, the hit I, detection not really understanding you know yeah uh should I, should I should i say what it is or uh yeah i mean it's not gonna well i'll leave that at your discretion if you want people to read the magazine about it they can definitely go look it up but i, I don't whatever you want to do I'll, I'll explain it because i mean the, the 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 what did i just play segment is not really about oh, the game so much yeah, and, yeah yeah so it's fine um basically throughout the game there is a the the sardines have a pet dog and the the dog's the only thing in the house that can sense you and it will, if it comes into a room where you are it will bark um and that will take off your health energy just when it barks it's really annoying so sometimes it follows you around the room so you have to leave the room and come back in and get and stuff and see if it's left mm. um and all that time you're wasting energy because time wastes your energy as well so it's just really frustrating and then randomly on the last house once you've cleared out all the family members nothing happens you're like what? what's going on um like you're just standing there like there's, there's no like it's normally when you finish level like it's like a completion music and he does a little dance and that's the end of the level um and it makes a noise when all the people leave and then you're like okay and if you press pause it goes to like a map menu and normally on the pause menu you can see the letters for the different members of the house like um vino sardini's got a v and stuff um, oh right so you so you know where they are in the house but when you pause it after you got rid of them all um you see this weird angry like fangs like like in like red eyes just like in the middle of the house and when you walk towards that room suddenly you're suddenly in another underground dungeon area but it's like a single room and there's no like um they're called frightens the items you could use to fright people there's nothing in there like that the dog is in there it's like a little chihuahua and he suddenly just like starts to growl and turns into a giant blob monster sure um and you have, and you suddenly you don't <laughs> you suddenly have a weapon you can suddenly start throwing bombs at him it's like, it's like completely different and again because it's isometric it's really hard to gauge the distance and stuff um of where you're throwing to and the angle where he needs to be um and he the, the dog fires like fireballs at you which are really hard to avoid and then when you get when you kill the blob form of him he turns into this little brain with like little feet 
<laughs> and then then suddenly it turns into more brains with little feet and it's just like really weird and like it's surprisingly hard to kill him because of the, yeah, the angles right. and stuff and wow and again you still got you still got your um ectoplasm energy which goes down by time right. so you've got to kind of defeat the boss in a quick time sometimes he does drop ectoplasm pools you can pick up but yeah it's just really strange it's like they like right we've got four levels on this shall we finish it here yeah second a boss what boss let's make the dog a big monster for no reason there's no explanation of why or oh, how yeah. or what happened there it's just it's just uh, um yeah and then you finish the game and you you still don't know why he was after those people um yeah in fact there's a funny joke at the end of the end of the game which is yeah, I don't know if I should tell you that or what well, I was going to say before you strayed away from it. Um it probably that boss battle probably shows why there's only one boss battle in the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad of that. I'm glad there's only one boss battle. Um mm-hmm. that okay, I I will tell you the ending because it's like a 20-year-old game now. Yeah, like, right, right. Um and it's it's not that great either. Basically, it's like a funny joke when you kill the dog, the big boss dog thing you suddenly become alive like you suddenly transform into a, a human again You're like oh yeah and like he does a little dance and then this r- random like acme style looney tune ambles and he drops on his head and kills him again <laughs> Wait, and then it's like oh wow the kid wow. kills polter guy or this this amble this amble for nowhere just drops on polter guy so the polter okay. guy so basically polter guy turns into a human a kid again like turns okay. back into his old self it's like yeah and then this random looney tunes amble drops on his head and kills God. him and then he then it's like a little cutscene going whoa what happened there like i was alive and then that thing came out and just killed me again oh well what the fuck like that was, that's the end that's basically the end of the game what the fuck <laughs> they were probably like at the last second like oh but what if this does well enough we can do a sequel uh throw this in just in case <laughs> sheesh that's just uh, yeah from the pun punny title to there's so much slapstick in it. Um, there's really very little out there like it. And I was looking up to see if it got re-released on anything anywhere. It looks like the only time it got ported was on a PSP collection, the EA mm. Replay, which I think I do have this. Honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna list what's on this. This is a great collection if you never played these on like SNES and uh, some even PC games. There's um, Bob or B.O.B., uh, Budokan, The Martial Spirit, Desert Strike, uh, Haunting, oh. Starring Polter Guy, Jungle Strike, <laughs> Mutant League yes. Football, Road Rash 1 through 3, the first Syndicate game, Ooh. which is a cool, weird semi strategy game, oh. Ultima 7, Virtua Pinball, and both Wing Commander games. Like, this is Ooh. a good collection that if people have the PSP and for some reason this is the only way you can play them, get the EA replay, I guess. Wow, yeah, that's. That is sick, actually, yeah. This is back when EA used to make really good games as well. Like, yeah, yeah. It looks like there was even multiplayer for Mutant League Football and Road Rash. Good ooh. lord. Man, miss, I miss when cool. companies were trying stuff. <laughs> Being yeah, brave. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I will say, Poltergeist is not a bad game, even though I was kind of criticizing it just then. It's actually a very fun game, and it's the animations are brilliant. I'm like, the way you scare yeah. people, they're really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like borderline clay animation stuff sometimes. Yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, so it's it, pretty cool. I would say it's a game that, you know, if you add it to your collection, if you're a fan of horror, horror overall, and um, but it, it is one that you could play while a buddy's watching you play. 
and you know mm -hmm. you'd get like an hour of entertainment out of or something but i definitely think it's it's a game that more people need to experience because it is so unique yes yeah and i think yeah that's the thing it's it is an experience more than anything else um it's it's it is fun um it's got its flaws but it's fun and yeah as you say completely unique i, I can't think of anything else i've never seen anything else comes close me there's one game that i've seen compared to kind of which is i don't know if you know of it geist on the nintendo gamecube oh which yeah is, which is it's wow. a very different game still. That was a first-person shooter, but the premise that of that game. was you were a ghost and you could go in and haunt certain objects in a way, uh, which would scare people. Um, I remember there being a controversial shower scene, actually, in that where you oh, could haunt the shower God's head sake. or something. Sure. Um, I don't think there's any nudity. I think, yeah, you could, I think the person was wearing a towel or something. Mm. Or you, it got yeah. an M rating, so I don't know if that them. means anything. Yeah. I just um, wiki it real quick yeah, here. I actually own Geist, but I never really. I think I played the first level and never finished it. Like, um, it was good, but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so there we go. Uh, Haunting, starring Poltergeist. Tell your friends. But yeah, check out, you can also check out my um, full article in the magazine uh, where I go more into about it. Um, yeah, and nice. I was going to talk about something I watched, but we can skip that. Um, no, what, it's up uh, to you. what have you been yeah. up to? Well, um, I don't know, are you interested? I maybe i don't know what it is i'm looking at the docket and all i know is the order 1886 on playstation 4 but i don't think that's what you watched <laughs> it's not what i watched um i'll tell you about it and you can cut it out if you really hate it um, okay so it, i i randomly got a randomly clicked on this the other day on netflix it's a show called the order it is a netflix show so it should be available everywhere in the world on netflix um and yeah I started watching it like a week ago and I've now finished both seasons of it because I kind of got addicted and watched it every single night, um, sometimes a couple of episodes a night. And basically, how can I explain it? It's it's a show where this kid goes to college um, with the intention of joining a secret society that teaches people magic. Um, and the reason why he wants to do that is he wants to seek revenge on his father who killed his mother. Okay. Uh, um so he's a strange father. He he doesn't know who his father well, I think I don't think he knows who his father is. He like has pictures of him. Um mm -hmm. he lives with his grandpa and his grandpa really wants revenge as well. So his grandpa's actually kind of sending him to college and he's got there on a scholarship. Um again, he, the whole the whole thing is it's like kind of like a college university life, um, being on campus, going to lectures and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he wants to be part of this um secret order. Um and it's it it kind of like there's loads of things there's like lots of magic there's like sort of monsters there's like werewolves and stuff in it um it kind of reminds me of a tiny bit of buffy in a way like the way okay. it makes fun of itself it's mm. kind of got that humor it's kind of kind of meant to be kind of serious not like a full-blown comedy but there's a lot of funny bits in it and like they kind of just take the piss out of themselves or like right when the, you know they're like they're meant to be in a serious situation but they actually are college students who like to get drunk and stuff so sometimes they just like like there's a couple of guys who like to make just tough decisions based on beer pong like like yeah <laughs> one way to decide this <laughs> it's just kind of silly and stuff and the first episode i was a bit this is a bit cringy like a few few things in the first episode like this is really cheesy there's a character who i thought was like just really weird and kind of unnecessarily weird mm -hmm. but then it turns out that character's actually weird for a reason and you mm -hmm. find out later on i was like <gasps> And he's like my favorite character now. Um, oh, and okay. also, they're not afraid to. They're also not afraid to get off characters as well. Kind of not quite to the extreme of Game of Thrones, but um, a few characters who kind of get to know in the first few episodes and stuff. You think, oh, this is going to be a person. They're going to be 
I don't know, something to do with the magic order and they're dead. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and I quite liked it. I quite like that. There are certain scenes that you're in, you're like, oh, one of them could die. Yes, that person's dead. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Um, Sounds interesting. I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to say it's like an amazing show because I don't think it is amazing, but uh-huh. I think it's very fun. I think it's one of those shows that could be Marmite. Do you know that expression if it's a Marmite show? I do not. Okay, I think it's very English. There's um, there's a stuff in the UK called Marmite. You spread it on like toast and stuff. Um, oh yeah, I, I know what's that. Okay, and there's a fu- it's like a brown substance. It's kind of like butter you spread on toast, but it doesn't taste anything like butter. Um, and there's a really good advertising campaign where it's like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. Um, and that's, that's okay. the Marmite campaign. Actually, the Marmite company made that as a campaign, and it was really good because they had on the advert they had people tasting it, going, "Oh, that's horrible!" And other people going, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" It's like, yeah, Marmite. You either love it or hate it. So now in the UK, if there's a show that you think people are either going to love or hate, you call it a Marmite show. Or like oh, a Marmite game. Like, people are going to love it or hate it. So yeah, um, I feel like this is a very Marmite show. <laughs> nice. Cool. I might use yeah. that. Yeah, I looked up. I I I was what I I mentioned the show to you before. Uh, Good Mythical Morning, but they used they put Marmite Marmite on some stuff, and I looked it up from there. And looking <laughs> it up again, the most basic definition of it is European yeast spread. So there you go. Doesn't sound like something you'd want on anything, but it could add flavor, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never really had it because I, I think I tasted it once. I was like, yeah, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of people. It's a popular thing, and a lot of people do love it. Um, I feel like so, that's kind of yeah, what Vegemite is for people as well. It's yes. either love or hate. Yeah, so it's basically Vegemite's the, almost the rival. We don't really get Vegemite in oh, the UK much, okay. but if you go to like Australia. It's like that's the most that's the biggest comparison. They kind of taste very similar. So huh. yeah, if you got Vegemite in the US, I didn't know you had Vegemite in the US to be honest. Uh, um, you can get it, but it's not like it. You wouldn't just walk down the aisle and be like, "There's Vegemite. Let's throw that in the cart." Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I know it's an Australian thing, isn't it, Vegemite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, basically, it's, that's the biggest comparison. If you don't like Vegemite. Yeah, I don't know. What um, the hell is that? Now might? I'm curious on what the might part is of this word, like what that means exactly. I don't uh, know. I'm afraid to look up <laughs> might because that's a bug, and that's and I'm going to get like... Yeah. Oh, gross. Yep, there's all the ticks. Great. That's not what I wanted to look up. Let's look up might food <laughs> definition. It's um, probably just like a marketing see. thing to make it sound powerful. Like, uh, might. Yeah. Yeah, it's not working because all it's telling me is that they're a kind of bug. All right, forget, <laughs> and I'm going to have to erase this from my search history now. Um, <laughs> let's remove that. Let's remove that. Oh, well, Rachel will be like, why are you searching might? Oh, like, God. What is this? She could probably, she enjoys watch. cooking and, and actually knows things about food. I should probably just ask her, but tune in next week for the might update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that's um, interesting. Anyway, that, that's me. Um, nice. Well, uh, we'll toss it over to me, I guess, now, and very much yeah. so with a game that Corey and I played on stream Thursday. Uh, I skipped out on my, my normal Wednesday streaming, had to still do editing on the podcast, but uh, I, we played the game Heave Ho 
on Steam. It's also on Switch right now. On Steam, it's on sale for five bucks. It might still be when this comes out, uh, but Switch is ten bucks. It's definitely worth either of those prices. Um, I think it is a minimum of two-player game. I don't think you could play this game on... Well, you might be able to play it by yourself, but it would be very difficult. But it is... Uh, you are... If you've ever played the game Mount Your Friends or... What's it called? Quaffle or something? And yes, Mount Your Friends is a game. Um, is that what it's called? I can't remember. But basically, Mount Your Friends is a game... I don't need to get into that. Um, but Heave-Ho, uh, you use you're just a head with two arms and hands and you use the right (laughs) and left triggers as each of your hands and then you can kind of get some trajectory with your body just using the stick so really it's only like three buttons you use but there are also like random gestures and you can make your character fart and whatever um but it, it it's it's very it's minimalistic but it that's why it's great um the whole point of the game is uh, uh, to get from point A to point B, and sometimes you might have to bring an item with you across the way. Uh, but Corey and I played for two hours. We probably could have gone more or longer last night, and it's definitely something that would be more fun with four people, three or four people. But um, I sent you the videogram, and I'll, I'll link mm-hmm. the clip in the in the podcast um, description here. But there was a level where there's an egg that you have to get to a nest and the the easiest way to get an item across is because when you grab an item in one hand you cannot use that same hand to grab onto stuff so you're you're holding on for dear life with that one button and holding that egg while the other hand is the one doing the grabbing and um so when you have a team you have to have the egg in between each other so that you know, I can act as the left hand, Corey acts as the right hand, but there was one level where Corey just yeeted the egg across the freaking map <laughs> right into the nest, and then he's like, and we're and now we're going to toss our, ourselves over there, and he heaves us, like the game suggests, and then we're, we're spinning in midair, and I grab the edge of the goal and chuck us in at the end. It, it's, it's so good. <laughs> um, it's cool, yeah. It's 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 so simplistic and fun. Um, definitely a good party game. It's a game that like you could introduce to people that are not gamers or just don't care about video games, and they'd probably still have a great time with it. Um, we yeah. played that for a while. What did what did you think looking at that short clip of it? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It, 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 to be honest, because I'd never even seen or heard of this game at first, I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. um because yeah as you say you're basically like a monkey head with like two arms and it just seemed really bizarre and the way he was moving was really weird um but yeah it looked cool like um when he tossed the egg in and you guys were like oh my god and then, <laughs> yeah. and then, he, and then he crabbed you and you both flung each other across the room that was quite that was quite cool as well it's it's great there was one well, level where so that's pretty it looked just literally entertaining it looks silly. yeah there was one level where we could not get both of us. It's either an egg or a coin or some sort of item you have to get across the map. There was one level that, for whatever reason, we kept making it to one spot and one of us would die while the other one was further ahead but holding the coin. Or not further ahead, but further ahead and couldn't get to that spot again. So rather than risk it, we kept... I remember Corey was hanging on the far right side and then I would get the coin because it was easy to get at the beginning. 
and then I just kept throwing it to him until he could catch it, and then I would get over to him because it'd be easier for me to get to him and then grab onto the coin and hold on and then get to the goal. So there was there was a whole level of me just wailing the coin at him, hoping that he would be able to catch it, and so it was pretty great. Um, there, there's I gotta find the one clip where Corey just loses it, loses it, and he, he just he's laughing uncontrollably for like a good two minutes. Um, this it's it's so ridiculous, and it was really like. Just what I think we both needed after a long week. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and then other than that though, and then actually the next day, uh, another stream. Um, Chris and myself and you and Kusanagi, we all hopped into the beta for Hotshot Racing, um, which was initially yeah. called Apex Racing Legends. Is that right? Um, it's Apex Racing. I don't think it's Legends. Yet. Oh, okay. Because there is a game called um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, this is not the right one. I just clicked on Apex Online Racing, which is not the same thing. Oops, oh, no. Wow. Um, oh, was it Racing Apex? I think. Uh, maybe. The other way around. Yep, that looks like it. Uh, Racing Apex. Yeah. Yeah, because I see the characters in that same. Um... Cool. Yeah style but this game is very much of um you know hard polygons in in terms of like virtual racing um not too far beyond sega saturn and like ps1 style graphics kind of before smoothing became a thing so like the hard polys of virtual racing or um uh geez what was the other game they compared it to let's find it here do 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 or not thanks internet but hotshot racing we played it's it has a it has online multiplayer even the beta does right now um and it's a very fun racing game it's just very colorful and vibrant you can customize your cars it's made by sumo digital and curve digital um but the main draw for me was sumo digital because they did sonic and all-star racing transformed the more recent team sonic racing Eh. Uh, but other, they're very good at making racing games. Like they uh, feel good, and they just outrun online arcade on PS3 and Xbox 360, which is okay. awesome. Nice. Um, I think that one's been delisted. Otherwise, I would. I feel like I'd own that now. Um, yeah, yeah, but I it's think, very... I think, yeah, because of the Ferrari license, they had to get. They had to delist right. outrun. Yep, which yep. Really annoying. Yeah, anyway, I yeah. remember that. Um, no, it's this game is very bright and and charming. Uh, the levels are pretty great and detailed and kind of link into each other which you guys noticed as we were uh i mean you well chris kusanagi and i we all had codes we were playing you were actually just watching um but it sounded mm-hmm. like you were still having just as much fun as us playing it yeah um, it was awesome to watch for sure yeah but then the the modes that were available of course uh, regular arcade racing then there's also a cops and robbers mode where you start as either a robber or a cop and you take damage and you get rammed off the road or not rammed off the road, but you, you take damage from getting rammed. And then uh, when your health bar goes down all the way, then you're a cop chasing after everybody else. And you're just trying to get the most money overall. Uh, and then the other mode is um, something or explode driver explode. I can't remember what it's actually yeah. called, um, but that one, there's a time limit. It's kind of like speed, so to speak, the movie speed um, in that there's a, there's a certain, uh, Odometer speed that you have to keep, or speedometer, whatever you have to keep going like 120 or something like that. And if you don't, your health bar ticks down, and then you're gradually more and more on fire, and like your car starts smoking, and then it's on fire, and then you're just basically a driving ball of flames. Um, 
but it is very good. Uh, I think it has four-player splits, like couch split screen, and then up to eight players multiplayer. Um, I guess, I think today's the last day for the beta, if I'm not mistaken, which is not great for everybody listening, but whatever. If you've got beta keys and you're having a blast, um, I'm excited for this game to come out. I'm ready for it. Uh, I think, uh, yeah. let's see, the beta, the devs are doing something. Yeah, just do July 3rd through the 6th, and then they're doing like a online racing um, later today for us. But uh, I'm going to try to get into that. I don't know if I'll be able to, uh, but it's really fun. It's just a very good arcade. Drifting feels pretty good. I was still kind of having, Chris was having crazy problems trying to actually drift in that game. <laughs> he was just bouncing all over the place. Um yeah, and they're, and he's uh, often be going the wrong way. Like he's so I don't understand that. <laughs> I wish I could watch just his playback. Like I don't understand how he suddenly would start going the wrong way in races. Um, and uh, there is a clip on Twitch that I'll also share in our in our description here for the podcast this week of him stealing first place for me at the last freaking second. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh! And. Uh, yeah, that was a good way to end. It was a good high to end on, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it's I'm I'm happy that it's coming out because I feel I think I feel, like Sonic Transformed is one of the best racing games I've ever played. And yes, there's some bias behind that, but it just feels good. It's fun to play. It's cheery. It's it's arcadey mm-hmm. in some aspects. And then Team Sonic Racing, when that came out, it was just like you got a lot to live up to, and you like cut the character roster down to 30% of what it could have been. And I was not happy with that game. So seeing this from Sumo Digital um, kind of yeah. revitalizes that and gets me very excited yeah. to play this. Because there are, there's also, um, we noticed that there's one card that kind of looks like the Hornet from Daytona USA, so you can mess with the color schemes to get that. Uh, and, and it's very much filled with cars that are clearly like, oh, that is a Ferrari, or that is a Taurus, or that is a, what, that's not a car anyone drives anymore. Um but, you know, like a <laughs> different, clearly a licensed thing, but not a licensed car so that they can do whatever with it and can probably throw other models in there. Um, kind of how um, uh, Horizon Chase and Horizon Chase Turbo did it. They have obviously licensed cars in there, but they're not uh, called what they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was a lot of fun. What did I you think of watching it, Graham? Oh yeah, um, I definitely want to get my hands on it. Um, I think this is when this Kickstarter first came out. I for some reason didn't back it, and I remember there being a kind of bit of controversy around the original developer around it, and I can't remember the full details. So yeah, I can't remember it, but I know it's passed on to other developers. That's why Sumo's now picked it up um, and stuff, and it's changed a lot since the original kickstarter because the original kickstarter is going to have weapons and stuff on the cars which mm. would have been cool i think and it had mm-hmm. had some other ideas and stuff um but yeah um so yeah i didn't back it for whatever reason and now it's now it's sort of almost out i'm like i'm happy to be wrong basically this game looks awesome right. um, you guys were having a blast playing it i was really enjoying watching it as well like it was one of those things i want to be playing but i'm also having fun being able to watch all all three of you play at the same time um yeah, it's just a, it just look, it's a just enjoyable city madness, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> that kind of what I like from racing games because I don't like ser- uh, there are very few serious racing games I like. Like for example, yeah. Gran Turismo, I appreciate the realism and like how detailed everything is. I do not like the Gran Turismo games though. I just don't understand why they're fun. Like I'm like the these to me these to me aren't fun basically. Whereas other games like uh, Rush Extreme Racing or right. yeah. even this game. 
like something that's a little bit silly. I'm like, like the Hydro Thunders awesome. like, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Hydro Thunders, uh, the Sonic All Stars racing games, and you know, um, Outrun. I Outrun yeah. I like because it's just a bit crazy, a bit arcade. Yeah, yeah. Speed Devil and the Dreamcast I've mentioned many times. I love that game. Um, I think um, we yeah, might end up uh, playing it today, but I stumbled across my brother's N64 copy of Cruising World, like that series and mm. things like that. You know, um, yeah. I uh, I forgot that you you guys mentioned you and Kusanagi also mentioned there was a kind of a car combat mode that makes sense in terms of why yeah. there's still not damage to the car you don't see like dented fenders and stuff but how it, they smoke and then they're on fire that that makes sense that they kind of kept that in probably from the the more weapon based yeah. stuff so it'd be cool if they could add that as a mode because mm-hmm. in the original Kickstarter um it says offensive defensive weapons. Mm-hmm. An arsenal of offensive and defensive re- items are available. Team up and and in the driver and gunner mode or something. So it sounds like there was like a two-player oh, option. Oh, like a so double dash kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there was an option great. to race with no weapons in the single or multiplayer. So yeah, th- oh, I think if I they were that. able to add in that again, because it seems like a lot of the game is very similar still, but they have changed some of it. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, because like uh, a, ge- a, ge- a game I love is Full Auto on the yes. Xbox 360, which is like a, gu- a a driving game with guns on it. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. yeah, if they could do something like that, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I think in that's um you know Rush 2049. I I literally did not know until like three years ago or four years ago that there was a battle mode in that game. And that was kind of something that we accidentally discovered. It, it, it was really cool and, and a happy accident. We discovered it during a marathon one year. And so oh, but yeah. that 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 game is a racing game and, you know, it as an arcade racer. But then there's this battle mode outside of the stunt mode, which is also just like, what were they thinking? Um, but I but I, I feel like that was like that's what they did with battle mode is they're like, oh, we wanted to have this whole idea of car combat racing but we just couldn't fit that in and it just didn't make sense with the races maybe but let's do this battle mode so maybe yeah. you know hey hotshot racing guys if you're if you're listening we would love just an arena battle mode with them cars zooming around and blowing each other up yeah that would be sick um there there was one thing i wish the game had which it doesn't which would mm-hmm. be like maybe like multiple routes or secret paths on some of the levels mm, yeah because it did Cause look like, like that be... there were yeah, there's like certain areas where it kind of looked like, oh, that could be a secret route, but it's right. there wasn't. From from what I actually saw, there there were no secret routes. Or like, like Chris said at one point, like the, the at the start of each race, the camera pans around and shows you the track. Yep. And there was one bit that kind of there's like a an overpass, like a pedestrian overpass over the road. Um, and it looked like that'd be so cool if you could drive up those steps and it'd be like a ramp or something. But that mm-hmm. was actually outside of the track, basically, so you couldn't actually do that. So yeah, things like that I think... I think would have made it even more fun we kind of noticed or somebody noticed that the tracks do um, inter- not interact with each other, but like there's four tracks per area and you can actually yeah. see the other parts of those other tracks in each track. So I think that's what confused us to think that there were secret uh, routes and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. I think I was the one who, or at least one of the people who actually noticed that because on one level you drive past a waterfall and then you turn right or something Mm-hmm. And then on this other track, you drove past the waterfall, but you actually keep going forward. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's where you went off on the other track. You went on yeah. this like, little tunnel bit. And I was like, yeah, they, they so yeah, all the tracks are, I guess, on the same map, but separated into different tracks, basically. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, 
Yeah, I loved it. I think the only bump we ran into was when, and I think I realize now in retrospect what was causing this. Um, there were some races where it would just it would do that detailed pan of the track and kind of give you a tour of it before the race actually kicked in. It kept not freezing, but it kept just looping that, and like I couldn't even hit as the host mm-hmm. of the lobby, I couldn't even hit start or. Uh, a or X to go and accelerate and start the thing or whatever. But I think that might have been combined with, for whatever reason, Kusanagi kept getting dropped from the matches. Um, I'm not sure what was going on on his end, uh, but he kept getting booted for no reason. And then I think that's what would cause the looping and the freezing. So I don't know if that's an issue. Yeah. My only like, the only downside of it is the music's uh, kind of forgettable. Um, it was good okay. and it and it fit the mood overall, but I... I, I kept comparing it to something like Turbo uh, or uh, Horizon Chase Turbo that I play pretty regularly. That game has a great soundtrack um, and fits it really well with sort of the Europop um, techno-y vibe that it has. Uh, but this sometimes, if you would sit and listen to like the track, the the track, the menu music or whatever, was pretty good. But otherwise, it was kind of forgettable. So maybe they'll add more as it comes out and stuff. But uh, okay. Regardless, I'm excited. I don't know if it has a release date. Let's see. It just says summer 2020. Okay. So basically to garner interest for this, from what I understand, the best thing that we can do is just hit add it to your wish list on Steam. And they'll see that's kind of like pre-ordering. They see the numbers through that. So uh, everybody go add Hotshot Racing to their wish list. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And getting out the sack, zippity zip, zip zoom, hopping on the Instagrams. Lincoln Fiasco asks, any news with Yuji Naka over at Square Enix? Is he working on anything announced? Uh, I think it's safe to say we have no insider info and no idea, right? Uh, no, I have literally no idea. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think any news has come out of that other than it is happening and he is there now or or something or working with yeah somebody or something. Uh, I'll just do a quick Google search and no, the last articles were like kind of when the it was announced back in like well 2019 is the most recent article I can find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I can't see anything new about that. So no idea. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll actually jump around a little bit. We'll go to Discord next um, with uh, Sarenex or Caesar asking random ass question because I'm watching uh, Red Letter Media review of it. Have you seen Weird Al's UHF? If yes, opinions. Are you familiar with that movie, Graham? I no, I'm not. I know Weird Al, but I don't know. No, it is I'm a movie he did in the that. 80s or maybe the 90s. Um, we can look it up here. Uh, 1989 you, apparently. 89, okay. So this was let's see, what was his what was his actual what was his catalog up to? I know that was before Bad Hair Day, because Bad Hair Day was like ninety ninety something anyway. Uh, let's look at his discography. This is all exciting real time stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Real time yeah. Googling, searching. Uh so best company recording. Uh Eat It, Dare to Be Stupid, Party Polka. Oh, those are Grammy Awards. Let's look at the discography folks so at that point he had self-titled weird al yankovic then 3d dare to be stupid which that was on the transformers uh animated movie soundtrack dare to be stupid. Oh. um poker party even worse than uhf uh and then um off the deep end al palooza i think was a big one for him it had that um jurassic park cover to it bad hair day was actually 
fun fact, Bad Hair Day was the second CD I ever bought in my life. Um, what, what do you wow. try to guess the first CD I ever bought, Graham? Just throw it out there. Oh my god. Uh, is it gonna be something like like I ooh I, I there's I no way you're gonna like guess Spice this. Scales. I thought I would say Spice Girls or something like that. Something oh my um, maybe or <laughs> no uh, I I don't know if I'll say thank you for the compliment or not there. Uh, <laughs> no, um, the first CD I ever bought uh, was the Independence Day movie soundtrack. <laughs> That was a thing? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my dumb young mind seeing commercials for the movie, I kept thinking that the song by R.E.M., It's the End of the World as We Know It, was going to be on it because I was like, oh, that's catchy. I like that tune and bought the soundtrack. And I'm just listening to like this orchestral stuff, which it's not a bad soundtrack. <laughs> but at the same time, Confused Child Scotty Moe was like, I don't know what I bought, but this is the first CD I bought. And then after that was Bad Hair Day. So, what was oh. the what's the first? Do you remember the first two CDs you bought? Um, I, does it have to be CD or is it an album in general? Whatever, yeah, whatever. The first, like, um, I mean, the first cassette the I first. bought was after CDs was Starship, uh, Jefferson Ooh. Starship. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the place. <laughs> so. My very first album that I personally bought, because I got like albums for Christmas and stuff, like mm-hmm. um, like the one I actually bought with my money was um, oh, what's it? Oh no, ah, ah, no doubt, that was it. No doubt, um, Tragic Kingdom. Oh wow, okay. That was like that, that was like the album that had like the you know um, don't speak like that. Yes, big, that, that was the big. Stuff that was and, the one with the hits, Spider Webs, and yeah. um, just a girl. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was that ninety something? Ninety five. Okay, yeah. 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 So that was the first one I remember buying myself. I think the first CD I bought was... There's a band you probably haven't heard of because they were quite big in Britain in in the mid S Club 7. S Club... Oh, yeah. I wish I'd buy S Club 7. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's it's a band called The Lightning Seeds. Um, I actually really like them. They kind of do indie pop music that's the best way to describe them um, uh, we're looking these and if right you're now. british or if you're in if you're into soccer or football as we call it during the world cup and like big competitions anytime england's playing we sing a song called three lines where we go three lines on a shirt which references are we've got three lines literally as a logo on our shirt for the england squad they are the band that sang that song okay um, it's, it's like a, basically a, a song that was about football, which came out uh, nineteen ninety. I want to say ninety six or ninety four. Um, okay, so let's maybe see what their big actually. hit is here. Uh, uh, I mean, that's probably their biggest hit. That's done them. They've released it like four times, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks um, like Three Lions is their big hit. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and give you my real time impression oh, yeah. here. Uh, let's see here. And I'll, of so course, the take song this part is, out the of song, the podcast so that we don't... Well, The song is all about um, how England have not really been very good at football, but we're going to bring it, bring bring the cup home again. Right. Because um, we won do. back in, like, 66. That's the only okay. World Cup we've won. I mean, at first glance, these guys look like someone that would open up for Bare Naked Ladies, but I haven't heard them yet, so... <laughs> It's got a. 
like Sgt. Pepper's vibe to it at first. <laughs> Alright, I'm skipping around now. I need the hook. Where's the hook? Okay, this is boring. Um, oh, wait, there's a dramatic moment. So they're chanting it's coming home for basically the entire song in the background. My uh, first impression of listening to maybe 12 seconds of the song, it stinks. No, I don't know. You, I don't... you stink. You stink. Uh, it's a great song. You hear it. We'll let the Three listeners decide at the end. Do you want me to give it a fair shake and listen to the whole song? Uh, we could, You could do that later. It's fine. <laughs> it's neither here nor there to me. I mean, it's it's no um, Amish paradise, I'll tell you that. What was the question? UHF. Oh, okay. Um, UHF is a movie about Weird Al that wants to start a radio studio and and does so with the help of Michael Richards and I forget who else is in that movie. Uh, uh, David Bowie, apparently. Sure. Very quickly, probably. I don't remember entirely. I, I was um, just on the Wikipedia page a second ago. Yeah, D- David Bowie. He's in it. Fran Drescher um, is a main character in it, the nanny lady. I have um, no idea. Oh, you would know who Fran Drescher is. She's like, ah, <laughs> that's why, again, why I don't do impressions, everybody. Okay. okay. I've seen pieces of her. I kind of recognize <laughs> UHF is fine. It's, um, I actually watched her recently, and because uh, Rachel loves it and remembered really liking it as a kid, and we watched it, and we're like, that's okay of a movie. And it has like one of those, what I'm now dubbing large Marge moments. Um, have you seen Pee Wee's big adventure? No, I have not. Oh my fucking God. We're starting a new segment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. For anyone that's listening, they know who large Marge is and they know to tell them large Marge sent you. But that part of the movie is just a random, like stop animation or like not CG, maybe clay animated stuff. UHF has one of those moments that makes no sense and it's never acknowledged again. Uh, it involves an alien and it's great and also borderline nightmare fuel. Um, UHF is a weird, fun movie that just does stuff that doesn't make sense. It's one of those movies that has just off the wall garbage that everyone just accepts as the norm. Like if you've ever heard the phrase, who wants to drink from the fire hose? It comes from this movie. Um, yeah, no. I'm, I'm interested in the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to watch Red Letter Media's <laughs> review of it. Um, it is something. It is it is a uh, project of its time. I will definitely say that. Um, okay. Yep. And then uh, moving along, Mr. Haru says in the Discord or asks, "What are your thoughts on Sonic's official streams?" It may I may be in the minority, but I don't have the patience to sit through nearly two hours of things that could be announced in a press release and less than twenty minutes of gameplay. At this point, I don't want to watch. I don't. At this point, I don't want to see them on Twitch or YouTube unless it's a new game reveal. Um, I have not really watched them that much, and. I don't, so I don't, I'm kind of indifferent. I think you were saying the same as well, Graham, before when we were kind of post-screening these, pre-screening, I don't know what the term is. Yeah, so, I mean, I've not really watched them much, to be honest. I think I've seen a couple, maybe, and yeah, after our Twitch session the other day, we did kind of uh, raid them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I 
yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I don't watch that many streams anyway of different mm-hmm. uh, gamers. It's not really my thing so much. I don't really care to watch people playing games as much as I like playing games you're myself. Not a true but... gamer. Apparently not. Apparently, I'm not a true modern 21st century gamer. I'm, uh, that's right. <laughs> I'm 20... Ooh, that Wait. could be a song title, 21st Century Gamer. Yeah. Or maybe that's a Just spin-off to Green Day's 21st Century Breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, if you don't like them, just don't watch them and wait for the announcements to be posted on news sites somewhere. Like, uh, eh, you know, it is what it is. You're fine to not like those. I'd say just don't watch them. Um, yeah, some people love it. Fan. They love just watching employees of different game businesses just kind of play stuff, and then along the along the way, they announce something. I remember Aaron Weber would do a bunch of those, and it would be very much just a mm-hmm. a Q and A and a very chill thing. But he's he's a very personable person, so it's easy to watch yeah. him. I could watch him do anything probably, or, or discuss anything. It's like um, I, for some reason, I got into a groove probably with the recent game announcement of just watching Tony Hawk interviews or him describing tricks. He loves to describe the physics and the, the, the physicality of different skateboard tricks. I could watch Tony Hawk like direct me on how to make a ramen noodle dinner or something. Um, <laughs> he's just a very... He is a gem. He is he is one of this nation's greats or something like that. And I don't know what the phrase would be here, but Tony Hawk describing things is just so enjoyable. That's what I do on my lunch breaks anymore <laughs> is I'll watch that stuff. That's brilliant. Yep. So that's uh, me. Um, yeah. And then we'll uh, hop over to the Facebook. We actually got some Facebook replies. Uh, Aaron C. Ooh. asks, do you think Sega is heading in the right direction? They seem to have the most solid software lineup in years compared to a decade ago when it was mostly lower quality Sonic games, in the Western market at least. Uh, what do you think about that, Graham? So back in 2010, whatever Sega was doing, which is probably when Beast Rider came out uh, around then, huh? Uh, Beast Rider came out in 2008. And Snap. I would actually say 2008 was probably their best year in Ooh. a long time. What else? There were so then? many. There's so many freaking good games that came out around around that time. They had. Oh my god! Now, 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 now I'm on the spot. <laughs> um Crap! I can't even remember now. I, I remember. I I actually remember. Like, I think I pulled together a montage video for Sega Nerds of that year because I thought it was so good and it was just really popular. Like they had. um I think Valkyria Chronicles. Mm, right. Just came out in the West. Um, they had. I remember a ton of Wii games like um, Ghost Ghost Squads. What was it? Oh, Ghost called? Squad is um, good. The, it's a rare four-player on rail shooter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that game was brilliant. I think I love that game. Sonic, was it Sonic uh, Zero? Sonic Riders Zero Gravity? I think came out around that time. Those games are a blind uh, spot for me for some reason. I, I feel like I'm going to end up checking them out in my Knuckles Adventure. Um, they are pretty fun. Thing I've been doing, yeah. Um, I'm actually just checking the back of the box of Sonic Colors now because I'm trying to remember if that was released then. Oh, geez, and there's yeah, no date on this. Why is there no date on this? What? Really? Why are these? Why are, they, why are these not like movies where they have the date <laughs> strapped to the back? <laughs> it should um, be something oh, on the bottom, or like maybe even on the, the disc Wikipedia itself. list of entries. Uh, I'm games. actually trying to find that now. It's not really helping me though. Yeah, Valkyria was out in 2008. Bayonetta came out in 09. Conduit was 09. That was a good game from what I heard. Um, Ooh, I'd say controversially, Conduit is not a great game. It was it was partly... Some elements of it were really good and kind of groundbreaking for the Wii, but mm-hmm. I think the game was actually kind of boring. 
bum, bum, bum. like the levels became very very monotonous and stuff there were some really oh, okay. cool features in it though. and i was like this when i first played it, i was like this game is insane i actually went to the press event for that and then we got to play the multiplayer and the multiplayer was so much fun like seriously okay. that was such a fun kind of remind me of golden eye multiplayer days like mm. split split player split screen four player and also you had online and stuff as well which was really mm. fun the single player was kind of cool looked good and had some elements that were really good and then the game i don't know the story was a bit near and kind of the levels kind of got a bit repetitive and yeah yeah it's just one of those annoying things um well they had um yeah. uh, uh and my mind just went blank hatsune miku project diva was the first uh, console release Hatsune Miku game, and I think that was a good one to introduce people to that series that had no familiarity to it. I know you're not a huge fan of those, but um, pretty solid rhythm game. Uh, that's what got me into the series, actually. Uh, yeah. Let's see. So they were, you know, they were trying new IPs with like Bayonetta through Platinum, uh, Conduit. Um, they when did the when did they do all those remakes or not remakes like the HD reissues and stuff? Uh, let me see here of Jet Set in 2012. So yeah, really like around 2010, Sega was stronger because I remember that was a PAX East year that I went, and I think you guys were there, but we weren't really acquaintances yet. Uh, that was when, unfortunately, Sonic 4 was out, but like Aliens, Colonial Marines was on the horizon. Uh, yeah. um, but they did the HD release of Jet Set, and like they did those Model One or Model 2 re-releases of Daytona and, um, oh, Fighting Vipers. Uh, I think Knights got a re-release around that time, too. Outrun, they had a, maybe that was later on for Outrun. But, yeah, they were doing stuff. Yeah. Um, so right now, they're, are they headed in the right direction? Um. I mean, they're playing it safer, as everyone is right now. Uh, they are celebrating 60 years, and they were definitely releasing more on around their 50th, if that was 2010 then. Um, I don't yeah. know if they're on the right course. Oh, <laughs> What's think, that? I think I just remembered. I, th I think games like Mad World came out then. I think mm. um, uh, Yakuza first came out in the West then as well. Um uh, I think, like, oh, actually, no, this is probably isn't up up there with their good games. But the uh, Night's Journey of Dreams is out then as well. Um, yeah, I actually did create a video. I'll find that video. Um, Fantasy Star Universe, I think, was then. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, Mad World was in on the mm -hmm. Oh, that was the other um, one that got re-released. Oh, that was a Dreamcast, yeah. like, that and the other couple of um, things. There's a game that Chris loves on the Xbox 360 and ps3 uh um, the club uh, yes the club I it was, that a, was a good game it was a funny game but, i've heard yeah i actually um, have it because it was like marked down to five bucks when i was working one day so i'm like oh, this is a sega game i'll get it yeah that was back when almost <laughs> every game had a demo you could try online though you know yeah um also i think the underrated incredible hulk game oh yes um, yes was out then um uh, which yeah i um uh, oh sorry marion sonic at the Olympic. Olympics, I think it was the first time that was released. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they had a ton of really good games, as far as I remember. Like, actually, oh, Condemned, either Condemned or Condemned 2 was out then. Probably um, the second one, because the first one was a launch game with 360. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, so, uh, say Sonic and Sega All-Stars Tennis, you know, the tennis game they made? Oh, yeah. I've um, had very little time with that. 
but I've heard good things. Uh, it's really good. Uh, Samba de Amigo on the Wii. Um, one of the Bleach fighting games is out, which is actually surprisingly fun. Also on the Wii. Uh, yeah, Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, one of the they Sonic games came out. out one games. I think. That is Sonic. For sure. I can't remember which one. One of the big Sonic games came out then, but I can't remember which one it was now. It might have been Colors. Um, oh, a couple, a few, a few um, PC games like Space Siege was out. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think that just uh, around that area, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. That had some solid franchises, and they were seem to be pumping out and trying out new newer stuff. From a quick look, it looks like. And on... as you say, I think now it's kind of. Um, oh, I was just going to say, as, oh. as you sort of say that. It seems now they kind of playing a bit safer at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Looking at just Sonic games alone from 2010, uh, there was the well. Actually, let's. Holy shit! Even if we start at 08, there was the Riders Zero Gravity, Sonic Chronicles, Unleashed, the Ultimate Game Collection, Sonic and the Black Knight, No Nine, Mario and Sonic the Olympics, the Sonic Classic Collection, Sonic Colors in 2010, Free Riders in 2010, Generations in 2011. Whew, yeah. So. Not as active, but, you know, not as um, probably as comfortable to release stuff as frequently as they did then. Um, yeah. But it kind of leads into uh, Master Welsh on Facebook asked us. Uh, I've watched a couple of his streams. He's got a crazy good collection of Genesis. I think his 32 collection is almost complete, and he was showing me his LaserDisc games uh, the from the, the, the Pioneer Laser Active console, um, oh, which wow. they are LaserDiscs, and so their artwork is basically like vinyl record artwork artwork size stuff. It's really cool. cool. Um, but he asked, so in your opinion, what is Sega going to do on next-gen hardware? Do you know of anything that's being developed by Sega on next-gen hardware? I love that people think we have, like, the insider info, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we really don't. Um, uh, I There will be a Sonic game. <laughs> I don't really know. I remember there was a rumor that Sega was going to be doing something with Microsoft, wasn't there? Oh, um, was there? Yeah, and I know they are bringing some of the is it the Yakuza games? They're looking at bringing to Xbox Series X and stuff, and um, mm -hmm. I think they're trying to get. It seems like Microsoft is wanting to work closer with Sega and stuff. And well, isn't Seven? I, I isn't there was gonna be, Seven going to be a launch game for Series X or whatever? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so which is right. quite quite a big deal in in a, in a sense, considering that game was originally PlayStation only, and I know they did release one and two on the Wii U at some point. And yeah. then they came to PC eventually, and and then they sort of started slowly releasing a couple of them on Xbox One. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that Sega is branching out in that uh, respect, um, which I'm happy with because as an Xbox owner and a Yakuza right. fan, I prefer I prefer to see it on the console that I prefer. There you <laughs> go. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, things are happening. Um, things are happening. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, yeah, that'll do it for the questions. Though we're gonna zip it on up and then head over to the uh, Mega Telegram News Central Ooh. Station Space Channel something. Yeah, that's my news feed and thing. Um, Perfect. Yeah, news extra extra. Read all about it. Uh, oh God. Sega is selling chili cheese dog Taiyaki in Japan. Um, so, as hopefully you all know, 
this is the 60th anniversary year of Sega, and they've kind of been celebrating in weird and wonderful ways, mostly weird, I guess. Um, <laughs> but they are they are releasing um, some, yeah, some Sonic the Hedgehog themed chili cheese dog Takis, and Takis are, if you don't know, a taste. I'm going to read read what we've got written down here: a tasty fish shaped treat, normally filled with bean paste or custard. Uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that doesn't sound as appetizing as i'd want it to be but yeah um mm-hmm. they're selling sonic the hedgehog shaped tayaki um favored chili cheese well they're flavored with chili cheese dogs um Oof. so yeah and you can also get a pin badge for 350 m to commemorate your meal yeah, it's like four bucks um yeah that's not too bad um so yeah that that's the thing that's that something doing yeah, I do quite like the way that Sega does. Like, I wish they, I kind of wish Sega was as popular in the West still as it was in Japan, because yeah. it seems like a lot of these things come out in Japan, which are really cool. I think they're like really fun for Sega fans, but we don't really get to see them because they're not really such a big household name anymore, unfortunately. Right. Um, like for example, back in the nineties, everyone knew what Sega, who Sega was, and everything. Nowadays, if I mention Sega to a lot of my friends who aren't really big gamers, they're like. Oh, are they still around, sort of thing? Like, yeah, yeah they still make sort of the say like, games. Oh, did they make a um, Sonic game today or whatever? Like, that's all anyone knows Sega of. Yeah, and yeah, they just don't really know. They don't really know. Yeah, so I just have to mention, you know, you know, Sega, and they'd be like, they look at me frowning. The people who make Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Sonic's still a big name, but but yeah, I feel like in Japan they've got that. They're kind of embedded in the culture quite a lot. So yeah, they can do these cool, fun marketing things, which. Uh, I think it's really cool. I'd like to see it over here, but obviously I can understand why they wouldn't. Um, but yeah, what, what are you thinking of this? You think this is cool or you think it's too stupid? Or I think it's random and it doesn't affect me negatively or positively, but it would have been cool <laughs> if it was over here as well. I don't know what they would do, like the, what would be similar, maybe Sonic Pop-Tarts or something. I don't, I'm trying to think of like a, a common <laughs> snack that everyone maybe eats regularly mm. over here that they could put sonic's uh, or turn into the shape of sonic's head that's not the yeah. ice cream bar that you see everywhere uh yeah <laughs> pop tarts or hot pockets or no how i don't know how you'd make that him the, that the shape of his face i feel like we got something that was sonic shaped recently i don't know though what would the, what would be the british equivalent of this i have no idea a wagon wheel Oh god damn it! Right, <laughs> Just British... saying that can face the conversation the other day. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna look up British wagon wheel because I didn't last time, and now I feel out of the loop. Ha ha! Oh, they literally are moon pies. That is a moon pie. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying when you explained it. I was like, that sounds a lot like it. When I googled it, I was like, yeah, that's a wagon wheel. <laughs> what the fuck do we call them uh... moon pies? Wagon wheel at least makes sense. Whatever. It's, America, it does seem very that wag, wagon wheels is more of an American thing. So we, I feel like wagons, I think of Wild West America. Right. On the packaging, it's got a picture of like a old school Western American wagon. Speaking so yeah, of Wild West America, uh, we didn't mention that um, Chris is not here, but last week we joked, you joked that he's probably building a chicken house. That's exactly what he did. And then I was going to make a joke this week that they probably bought a horse by now. But on the Hot Shot Racing stream before you guys came in, he was telling me how him and Jamie are looking at a horse-drawn carriage 
because it has surprisingly oh. cheap insurance and they have farmer's insurance. And I'm like, well, that's fitting. The farmer, you're probably more farmers than anyone else who has farmer's insurance. So I, I do not know if he was joking with me or not. So they might have horses soon. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just, just pop into the shop. They're going to turn an Amish, aren't they, soon? Yeah, that's, that's how, yeah. Very close to it. The Jersey Amish, they say, <laughs> they, they call them. Wow. <laughs> Instead of the Jersey Devil, there's the Jersey Amish. So watch out. Oh dear. Ooh. Anyway, um, um, news. Anyway, moving on with the news. Um, this is pretty cool news. I'm actually quite excited for this. Um, so fans have resurrected online play for Sega Saturn games. Oh my god! Insane. Um, so if you don't know, um, the Dreamcast. While the Dreamcast was technically the first console to be released with built-in internet capability. Um, the Sega Saturn also had internet capability uh, back in the day. Um, so you could actually, there were certain games that had uh, net play on them. So you could play um, uh, certain games like against each other online, on my dial-up. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, was it called net play in America, but expand in Japan? Is that correct? Um, let me like see. That? I mean, the thing that plugged into the back of the Saturn, I do have one of these, and I did take an online once, was called the Netlink. Um, right, okay. And let me look up X-Band. Um, not really. I think X-Band was more so what it was called on the Gem the Genesis, because I know that the Sega Genesis had very restricted online capabilities, but it was a thing before Sega Channel even, I think. Um, oh, wow. Let me let me look it up. No, I don't want to save the website, you idiot. Genesis Online. Um service. Uh Sega Channel is not what I wanted. X Band. Okay, let's see what this says here. Um the first competitive online gaming online console gaming network was available for Super Nintendo and Genesis. Oh, okay, so X-Band was more so the name of the service, it sounds like. Uh, okay. California-based. Um, 94 and 95 was when it debuted. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, I've never seen... Oh, this is a very small picture, but I'm going to... Oh, guess I'm not going to throw this in there. I'm going to throw this into our chat. You can look at that tiny picture of the things with X-Bands on them. The SNES oh, wow, and the Genesis. Yeah, okay. um, it, it was a it's like in... a cover uh -huh. cartridge that the game cartridge sits, like it kind of looks like an action replay cartridge that then the the game cartridge sits on top of basically that i'm just yeah. explaining to the listeners right now because oh, i do remember that x band logo because it was cool to put x in front of everything and then the a in band was upside down so it's like yeah x band be edgy while you're online <laughs> and and meanwhile online you're sitting there like you could read a chapter of the scarlet letter and you wouldn't have connected to your friends yet <laughs> so there i uh, yeah um but sega saturn i remember there were games that would say like netlink playable uh i'm looking at my collection mm -hmm. right now and duke nukem 3d um saturn bomberman uh i think a version of virtual lawn also daytona usa had the championship or something edition yeah uh that was on so the the games I've got written on the list here, which is from Wikipedia, are Daytona USA CCE Championship Circuit Edition, Netlink mm -hmm. Edition, um, Duke Nukem 3D, Saturn Bomberman, Sega Rally Championship, um, Virtual on Cyber Troopers Netlink Edition. Uh, so yeah, there were there's, there's only a few games. I think those are the only ones in America. I think there was a few more in Japan though. Probably. Um, 
Yeah. So it's uh, pretty cool. Um, pretty yeah. crazy thing. The um, if you can find yeah, it, that is it? one of the most expensive games on Saturn. The Daytona USA Championship Circuit Edition Netlink Edition apparently goes for over a thousand dollars. Holy crap! Yeah, people um, are dumb. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, um, some Sega fans, um, or in fact, I think it's, is it just one Sega fan? Apparently, um, a guy called Joe, Sega a RPG of, fan. A couple of buddies. Did you watch the video at all? I have not watched the video. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I have. If not, you click on it, it and watch like the first, just scrub through the first couple of minutes, you can, because um, you get the idea. He kind of just shows how um, the his buddy had to change his name to make it kind of cheat the system so that he can find him online without connecting through this actual service or something like that. I wish that someone we had like Chris or somebody on to better explain this. Um, let me bring up the article here, actually. Well, you could read the, why don't you read the quote there? Okay. I will do. Um, so yeah, um, using the same netlink over VOIP setup as a basis and adding a simple additional instruction to the dialing plan Saturn gamers are able to enjoy these Japanese X-Band games, previously lost to time and closed servers. While this won't work with retail copies, Joe has patched several game images to bypass the server check and simply default to peer-to-peer direct dial. Uh, great news is this totally works with the US Netlink modems, which have no problem syncing up just fine with the Japanese modems, uh, which are capped to a lower 14.4 kbps versus the Netlink's 28.8 kbps. Um, Mind you, Japanese X-Band games were designed to play fine at 14.4 kbps. Uh, other currently patched games include <laughs> Shadows Sorry. of the Tusk, Decathlete, and Virtual Fighter Remix. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Joe plans to patch out the entire Japanese X-Band library if possible. Man. Wow. So, yeah, so that's a bit of a, a slightly technical way of explaining it. Um, that's a direct quote from the video. Um yeah, and I it's, guess there is a podcast cool. like... where they get into real nitty gritty of stuff and how that's all made. the The video shows him connecting using X band and the like. Just it's so nineties the menus and stuff. Um, <laughs> and the, the like menu music actually is reminiscent of Toe Jam and Earl kind of. Uh, but the it shows them connecting and playing Poyo Poyo Sun, um, which is just another Poyo Poyo game. But it it's a little there's lag, but just the fact that they're playing online against each other with their Sega Saturns is in 2020 is phenomenal to me. Yeah, um, I, I feel like this never came to the UK. Like I don't remember a single game being played online or even this this stuff happening thing. So. I mean, I must admit, I was quite late to the Saturn in, in the UK. I, I actually got an N64 first. Um, and shame. I just kind of got picked up the line. I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't regret it. I love Mario 64. And oh, no. I was happy with what I bought. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. honestly care. You can like what you like. It's Chris who hates the N64, the burning passion for some yeah, reason. I don't understand why. Like, I don't, I don't, I, maybe I, someone like, like a console dropped on a relative's head and killed them instantly, and that's why he hates it. I don't know what's going on. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I was late to late to the Saturn, but I picked up some good games quite early on when I got my Saturn, but I don't remember, sing- I don't remember anyone having online play. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Weird. I, don't... I could be wrong. If I'm wrong and there was online play in the UK, please let me know because that's exciting. 
Yeah, I'm not seeing anything but, at first glance that the UK's mentioned it at all, but um, I do, and this is going to come as no surprise to anyone, I remember at least playing Saturn Bomberman online at boom. some point. Oh and my god. That Amazing. was the extent of my experience, because I, I got this Netlink thing after the fact, but I don't know if I still have the box or anything. I know I still have this Netlink thing. It's like sitting at my mom's house, which is... um. I don't even know. Maybe next time I'm over there, I'll try to snap a picture of it or something. But this is, um, you know, I've mentioned how I've been taking my Dreamcast online, and it's very much by the community. Like, it's 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 two dudes that basically keep these servers running right now, and that's kind of what's going on with this, is there are just... He's trying to get... Um, the guy named Joe is trying to just get things up and running again for this stuff. So it's it's crazy. And now the original Xbox... Uh, is getting back online. I've seen people doing stuff with that. Oh, really? Um, I'm sure the GameCube is not far from it if people are not still playing, like, Kirby's Dream Course and stuff online. Um, oh, my God. I, I actually forgot the GameCube even had an online function, to be honest. Like, that was... Yeah. I thought that was a console-ish. Yeah. Wasn't really aimed at gate online gamers, but... There's, um, these guys help run the DreamPipe website, which is, that's, if you take your Dreamcast online now, that's the default homepage. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, and that's where you can actually I... download, like, VMU files and stuff like that. That's where I downloaded the, uh, the Sonic Christmas and New Year stuff for Sonic Ooh, Adventure. Brilliant. Yeah, it's oh, just, all cool. this stuff is really amazing and shows how it's, I hate to sound cliche and steal someone's line, but there's never been a better time to be playing video games, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. so that's really neat though uh and the next article is just a quick little thing that chris tossed up real quick uh i'll i'll take this one just because there's not much mm -hmm. to it other than this the the metal nerdcore band power glove released the theme song for panzer paladin which is a 2d side-scrolling contra kind of metal slug kind of run and gun style game. Um, the theme song is great though. It's, it's, it's straight up in your face and very, very much encapsulates what that game is trying to be. So I think it's pretty cool. Did you listen to it at all? I had a quick listen. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I dig it. That's, That's kind good. of stuff I like. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, and then you want to go ahead with our last one? Oh yeah. I last so one. Yeah. I guess stepping away a bit more from Sega stuff. Um, the Konomi has addressed the Amazon's TurboGrafx-16 Mini unavailability. So if you don't know, the TurboGrafx-16 Mini, um, like mini console, was finally released on, on Amazon uh, late May, um, but basically sold out pretty much straight away. Um, mm -hmm. And there's one, there's like, there's the question raised was, was it going to be like an, a new NES Mini, which basically after it sold out straight away, Nintendo didn't really restock it again, mm -hmm. whereas other consoles like the SNES Mini or PlayStation 1 Classic have seen resupplies coming out. Um, and basically, um, Konomi's actually come out with, um, uh, they've addressed the situation, come out with like a mini announcement with statements or saying, we know there's been some issues with the system's availability on the US store, so apologies for the inconvenience. The team in Japan is working closely with Amazon to resolve the situation, and they're hoping to see the console available soon. Please keep an eye on the Amazon page, and the team is playing updates on the main PC engine page as soon as they hear more. Um, so yeah, it sounds like they are planning to release some more, which is really good. Um, we just don't know when 
is that such yet so if you do really want one you can maybe hold off because basically the resellers have put the prices up a uh, ridiculously oh, high yeah. price uh yeah uh which is not good not cool um mm-hmm. obviously but so yeah uh hold on it looks like there's more coming um and yeah i, I don't know if this actually was being released in the uk or anything because uh, i feel like the turbo graphic 16 wasn't a big console over here in the first place um it wasn't really a big uh, console anywhere <laughs> oh okay i mean it was there it has a good library and this graphics mini um is pretty crazy with its library because most of the shmups and like jrpgs i think it has a couple of the east games on there um they just are all like this is i would say this could be comparable to if a sega saturn mini was was released because these games go for pretty pennies on their own uh, of what's in the library um i'm not sure if the turbo graphics uh mini was announced for because what happened yeah is people were getting the it got delayed indefinitely because of COVID in the U.S. And then so people were trying to actually grab it and import it through Japan's Amazon and everything. Um, that's how a lot of people got them or people got like review copies or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are you finding anything on if it's going to come out in other regions? I There's something on the U.K. one called PC Engine Core Graphics Mini, which... That's basically same thing. looks like it's kind of the same thing but it, yeah it went by pc engine and turbo graphics from what i understand i think pc engine was just in japan in the in the pal version of it and then turbo graphics okay. was over here in america because we gotta be cool yeah so maybe this is the same thing then um there's only one left in stock apparently and it says it's oh. exclusive to amazon um and it is 97 pounds 99 oh that's a used one wait a second i'm confused now <laughs> I have no idea then. Um, I can't really. That's wow. Um, so yeah, stupid. I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to find a decent result on here. There is one which is like a Japanese model, which does say Turbo Graphics 16 on the box, but it says currently unavailable. Um, and it says platform, no operating system. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, weird, weird one. Hmm. Um, I don't think I'll ever get one of these. The I just from what I've seen from different YouTube personalities and people reviewing them and showing them off. The 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 op, the the user interface is really cool. Uh, it actually makes noises like because it can play essentially three forms of media, so to speak. Because it has the cards, it has the discs. Uh, and, or wait, is that all there is? I don't even remember. But what's cool is when you put in what would be a TurboGrafx CD or a P, uh, the actual CD games, um, it shows a disc being put into a console on the screen and then it makes the like, crick, 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 you know, like the worrying, like a Dreamcast would or something Ooh. when it's reading a disc, like the motors are going around and stuff. Um, it's pretty neat, which is contradictory to what myself and a lot of people thought because it was Konami that put this thing out. We thought they'd just half ass it. Uh, with the release because of how it was also initially presented with um, it being the exact same thing in every region, but just named differently because on this is, I remember there's some Bomberman games on it, but they do have Snatcher on it, but it is the oh. Japanese release. So it is not in English. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, cause this was, I thought about getting this thing just for that because I really did want Snatcher play snatcher on a tv with a game controller i guess and that was and then when i found that out i was like all right 
let's look at the repro game here. And that's what I ended up getting. But I do remember Snatchers on this too. Like I said, it's got a good library um, of a lot of games that are worth a pretty penny. But yeah, I guess uh, it's good that they acknowledge that it will be produced. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. I think anyone who does really want to get it, they can hold off and not not go with the scalpers to try to get extra cash for no reason. Yeah, try to wait. 57 games are on this thing. Oh, that's a decent we... amount. For Splatterhouse, we've talked about all this before. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Like I said, I don't know if I'll get cool. one. If I like stumbled across one and it was like twenty bucks in a store or something, I'd probably snag it. But meh. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I haven't really gone for the only mini consoles I've picked up are like the Mega Drive Mini so far, um, and some of the other clone things for the Mega Drive. But mm-hmm. I haven't picked up the NES Mini or the SNES Mini or the PlayStation One. Just mm-hmm. haven't really interested me that much. Um, yeah, I got yeah, the especially the PlayStation one, and the one, Genesis cause... one myself. Yeah, horrible things were said about that. Yeah, I like. I feel like if they had a different lineup of games in the PlayStation one, I would have maybe looked at it. But I looked at the lineup. I was like, these aren't games I even really want to play. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> like I think they're two very popular games. I think people would like, and then the yeah. rest of it, I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah. And that is the end of the news. <laughs> um, Let's see here. Yeah, that's going to do it for the news. We're going to uh, run back inside with all our stacks of newspapers that Graham's handing out, I guess. Uh, and oh, yeah. We've got a future discussion. or a fe- Did I say future or feature? I don't know. I just threw it in here at the last second. We'll see if there's really much to talk about around it. But uh, I posed the question, do you have a game you play just in the summer? Oh, and apparently I skipped some words. I know it's just in the summer annually, like a summer seasonal type game that you maybe break out only when the weather's nice and you want to avoid the weather regardless and stay inside and play games. (laughs) Yes, yes, I do. Um, Oh, you do? I do, yeah. Yeah. There are several games that always really remind me of summer, and um, I don't necessarily play all of them every year, but I will play at least one, or maybe a couple of them every year. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a there's a handful of them out there. So Skyrim is a game oh. I regularly play. I play that almost every year, like at least a little bit, because um, I think it's one of those games I happily dip back into because I, pl- I completed it before. Actually. Yeah, I basically, I can't remember how many times I've actually completed it, but I've, I've played through the game loads, um, like trying out different characters, different styles, like um, always finding something new with it. And I'll happily dip back into it, either load up a new, an old character or create a new character and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, go back and play it. And around the summer, not, it, it reminds you, the, su- the summery time, like when it first came out, was kind of like, you know, periods where I could like had time to chill out and just play it. So I would. Um so yeah, that's one of those games um, that I love. I do love to sort of pick up and play. But there's a few other games which really just genuinely remind me of the summer, so I, I really get into them. Um, and Chris would probably hate me because they're all oh, Nintendo go. 64 games. Oh, fucking whatever. <laughs> We're branching out. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I, I think I've mentioned this several times over the last few podcasts, but Snowboard Kids, I know it's a wintry kind of game, is it snowboarding? But there's something about that game. Me and my friend, we used to play the crap out of that game when it first came out. I remember playing it one summer, just chilling out. 
it's so bright and colorful it, the music's so mm -hmm. fun it's just a fun game and it just really makes me happy so like playing that game love i will out like at least once a year like normally around the summertime in fact you know a few weeks ago i just picked it up and started playing it again um snowball kids busted that out mario 64 is also another one that really hmm. reminds me of summer and i love playing that again oh, a lovely bright okay. colorful platform it's still i think today is still my favorite 3d platformer of all time like i don't think a single platform like more than the it. sonic adventures even yeah even oh, wow. I, I do love the Sonic Adventures, but there's something about Mario 64 that I just love. Um, mm, wow. Especially on the later levels. Some of the later levels are really creative, I think. Um, that and sounded just, like Owen Wilson think... a lot right there. Mm, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the Zelda, Zelda Ocarina of Time. That's another game I love to pick up occasionally. Like normally, normally not every year per se, but it's always around summertime. I pick it up and play that a little bit yeah um uh again this is another game i played and completed a couple of weekends ago and i think i mentioned it on the podcast uh, mystical ninja starring goman yeah yeah uh yeah so 3d adventure rpg style game big open areas like for its time like the graphics were amazing it, like um really colorful wide open areas are kind of fun to explore and just run around in really crazy game like the mm -hmm. ideas are just a bit weird fun level the levels are really fun um and then the last one which i'm going to mention is diddy kong racing also oh yeah that's a good so, one that one's better I, first... I don't know I, this probably is not very controversial that game is definitely better than mario kart 64 in my opinion oh yes yeah i feel the same as well i feel like the magazines and stuff at the time didn't say that but i feel like everyone i, I feel like they were almost afraid to you know yeah yeah <laughs> it, it was just such a fun game like I just love the the level designs were brilliant. The music was excellent. I remember that was one of the first games I I played, and like after playing it, like I'd go down and have dinner or close my eyes, and the music would still be in my head. I just mm -hmm. be like humming it, <laughs> like do 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 do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did, I remember um, digging that game a lot uh, for the same reason I prefer Sonic Adventure One over Two because of the hub world mm. that you had driving around yes. and going from level to level because it really felt like an expansive world with that regard. Yeah, definitely, and it felt like you were on like a little mini adventure, as it were. Like um, you, you kind of got to choose where to go, and like they had kind of they weren't exactly puzzles, I guess, but they're finding the new areas. Like when you fly to the snow area for the first time you unlock like the plane we get the plane and you fly around and you find the area where the, the snow level is or mm -hmm. you drive under a waterfall to find another area and it's like well this is really cool um and it's so colorful and lovely um i think playing it more like playing it these days that you can find some kind of glitchiness with the controls i guess like sometimes oh, sure. if you crash like your cars they do feel a bit janky and it kind of annoyed me how like um basically the hovercrafts were pretty much useless uh, oh yeah i remember their turning was too tight or something they'd if yeah, you turn with those things rubbish. it was like a 90 degree turn it wasn't really gradual at all if i remember correctly yeah the, and there were very few levels actually really required the hovercraft um yeah. and it used a plane on any level and beat it basically everything because the planes were just so good <laughs> oh yes um, yeah but i do remember one thing about that game which which really made me realize how bad well how personally i feel bad mario kart 64 was was the boost um 
So okay. on Diddy Kong Racing, when you pick up the, you know, you can pick up the boosts and stuff. When you pick up three boost icons in a row, you get, you get a triple boost, basically. Right, because you only had three when, balloons you could get, right? There was weapon, a shield, and then a boost, right? Or something? Um, It was, I, I remember there was like a, a, a thing you could drop behind you. Like it was like an oil slick or it could turn into like a mine or something. Oh, okay. And you had the rocket. And then you had the boost, I think. Yeah, I think that okay. was it. Did you have the shield as well? I can't remember if you had the shield. But yeah, it was like only three things. But you, every time you pick, like if you pick up the rocket, you basically had one rocket. If you pick up two, you got a homing rocket. And if you pick up three, you got 10 rockets oh, to fire, okay. which is pretty cool. Um, And yeah, the, spoo- the boost, basically you pick up one boost, you get a quick boost. Then you pick up two, you get a slightly better boost. And you pick up three, you get a really powerful boost. And when you had the really powerful boost in particular, when you press the button... You sort of see your character sort of draw back and then just suddenly fly forward oh, really yeah. fast. It's actually actual crazy hard to control. And yes, you got the full sense of it. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart 64, I remember playing it afterwards. And when you get the boost, it kind of gives you the feeling that you are boosting. But I don't think that in the actual game, you're not genuinely boosting. Because if you, if you have a character on screen near you or next to you, when you're boosting, you sort of do go ahead a tiny bit. But mm-hmm. when, the, when the boosting stops, they are still with you. I remember seeing that in the game. I was like doing it. I was like, why is he still next? Like Donkey Kong was next to me or something. And I was just like, I was doing the boost. Like, doo, 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 doo. like I had like um, one of those golden boosts where you could keep tapping boost basically. Yeah. And the screen kept shaking quite backwards and forwards. It looked like I was going really fast. And then I stopped and Donkey Kong was still right next to me. I was like, what the fuck? I was just like, the game is cheating basically. <laughs> the biggest like, character in the game like, is somehow still right next to me. Yeah, I was like, that's that's ridiculous. I, th- I think in like multiplayer it did work, but against the AI it didn't seem to work properly. Like the AI would just cheat all the time, um, and that's something that really annoyed me. And then it did, that's when I realized Diddy Kong. I was like, actually, I think Diddy Kong's just a better game. Like I think it's just better. Mate. I know it came out afterwards, so you can give it a bit of leeway. They did come out after. Um, arguably, the death match on Mario Kart is better. Um, yeah, the, I remember, I remember the like Diddy Kong gathering the eggs kind of just was not fun yeah yeah that's the thing diddy kong had different deathmatch modes i think they had an egg mm-hmm. gathering one i think they always had a normal deathmatch there might be one other one i can't really remember um but yeah i think yeah yeah uh, i don't know i think I, I i agree with you diddy kong i think was a better game and it was really definitely. good on the ds i don't know if you ever played the, the original ds version i did not they, know i was looking at a wiki on fandom here um that they're because I wanted to see how the balloon, what balloons we were forgetting uh, to address that real oh, yeah. quick. There was the red balloons, which were for missiles. The green balloons were for droppers. Um, so that's like yeah. the oil slick and stuff. Uh, the blue balloons were a speed boost. Uh, yellow balloons were a shield. So that there was a shield. And then the last uh, thing yeah. was a rainbow balloon, which was a special. It was a, a magnet attack that would attract players towards oh. you. Yeah, that's a weird one. I think I yeah. always avoided that one because I was like, just doesn't make I any think sense. I did too because indirectly you're helping your opponents. I felt, um, yeah. And and uh, this, I think I knew part of this, but there were apparently two sequels to Diddy Kong Racing Plan. One of them was Diddy Kong Pilot, and the other one was Donkey Kong Racing. Apparently, Diddy uh, Kong okay. Pilot eventually became Banjo Pilot, a game based on yeah. uh, Banjo Kazooie, and that was put out as a computer ROM game. Um and that let's was see. also on the game Game Boy Advance because I actually oh, wow. own it on the Game Boy Advance. Okay, there's go, def- go there was in. definitely a banjo racing. I think it's banjo. Um, there's definitely a rare racing game based off the Diddy Kong Racing series. Wow! One second, I'm gonna not... quickly. You keep keep talking. I'm gonna quickly look at my games. 
Oh, there is Banjo Pilot. Okay, I've never seen that cover. Um, GBA, Game Boy Advance, though, I've, I've mentioned before, I missed out on the GBA because I went with Neo Geo Pocket Color instead. Um, and that's, that's my life. Um, but yeah, that's worth mentioning, though, that Banjo Kazooie, this is a rare game. Banjo Kazooie was in it. Conquer the Squirrel was in it. Um, mm-hmm. and this was before Conquer came out. And so he wasn't like the controversial weird dude. I remember that Drumstick the Rooster was, the, yep. I think the best racer, and then there was also you could race as TT, actually as the actual time trial clock yep. guy. Um, I think he was the last racer you could get, but um, yeah, just the fact that there was like it combined kind of a collectathon thing with the hub world, and then racing with the actual racing levels. So I thought it was really good and really well done, um, very yeah. fleshed out. I felt, yeah. and you had boss the... stages as well. You would actually race against yeah. bosses. I remember some of the bosses when I first raced the bosses like these are impossible. These are so hard to do. Oh yeah. And I think then I got so good at the game. I was like, yeah, these are easy. I could do mm-hmm. these. Like, <laughs> like um, yeah. And the DS version, they, they had to change some of the bits. Cause um, hmm. as you said, they had Banjo and Conker, mm-hmm. which are owned by rare. Um, so I think when it was re-released on the DS, this was around the time that Nintendo, um, Microsoft actually owned rare at this point. So Nintendo didn't own oh, rare okay. anymore. Um, but I think there was a licensing oh. agreement between the two because so Nintendo technically owned the Diddy Kong Racing game because right. um, Nintendo owned the Donkey Kong family, as it were. Um, <laughs> but they didn't own all the characters. Um, so Banjo and Conker were removed from the DS version, replaced by mm-hmm. uh, Tiny Kong and Dixie Kong. And they also added mm-hmm. in some extra tracks and you could play as Taj, the, you know, the elephant um, who had the rug. The genie. You could play yeah, as probably short yeah, the genie, Taj genie or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you can play as him, and you can also play as Whizpig, which oh, is the nuts. main boss. I know, <laughs> because Whizpig is massive. He's like literally a giant in the game. Yeah, how do you... So, I kind of want to see gameplay I, of Whizpig. I, I own that game, but I never really finished it on the DS, because I, I think there's an annoying thing with getting a speed boost at the start. You had to do use the touchscreen, which didn't really work, because you had to put uh-huh. out your stylus Use the touchscreen to like spin this little wheel to make guess boost start, and then you, when the race starts, you then have to put your hands back on the controller. It's just really oh. awkward and stupid too. I was just like, "This is not fun." Um, right. Um, but I, maybe I should go back and look at it again because I am looking. I, up... I love the original sixty four version. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find where you can play as Whizpig. I just I want to see how ridiculous this is, but it's not really. Yeah. I'm having a hard time like, finding actual gameplay as it for it. Uh, let's see here. I do recognize that it was on DS. I do recognize that um, the cover art. Oh my god, he's fucking huge! You're running as him. This is ridiculous. Oh no way! Because that's how he. That's how he is in the actual. Yeah, I think he's put a link up to that in the in the show. <laughs> I wonder if this is legit or not, though. I can't tell if this is a, a hack or what. Um. I just want to find a video of racing as him. Why can't you people give me this? God damn it, world. Um, let me try something else. Diddy Kong Racing DS as Whizpig. Uh, nope, that's <laughs> not what I want either. Oh, wait, Ooh, I just found one that says unlocking Whizpig Diddy Kong Racing DS. Okay. Um, 
I feel like I feel like while we while we're doing this, we should touch on the the, the topic of um, the actual story in the game. It is, is really bizarre. They had a story that basically Wizpig was an alien wizard pig thing. What they'd come down to this island. Did you not know that he's an alien saw? He's like an alien sorcerer, giant pig thing. Sure. Um, <laughs> and he yeah he came down to the island and he's basically threatening the world. And so to save the world. Obviously, Diddy and his friends have to race against each other to 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 save the world. That makes sense. It's, it's kind of just bizarre. Yeah, you race you race against each other to unlock all the levels. Like collects, um, you collect like trophies at the end of each one. They unlock the levels, and then then you eventually get to race against the bosses. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a few boss levels, and Wizpig is the big bosses. There's three. Oh, I think okay. you race against him three times. I found um, a legit video. He's just in a car. That other thing was definitely a hack, which I thought was insane. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he's he's v- relatively tall, and they just squished him down into a car, so he's not as massive as he is when you race him. Um, ah, that's still, okay. that's funny though. Um, yeah. And I I was gonna say something else about the game, but I can't remember now. Oh well. But it's mm-hmm. cool. It's a bit of history though, I would say, because it does have conquer. It does have. Um, um, banjo in it too, so that's kind of yeah. that's pretty neat. The N64 version, anyway. I don't think any of these other yeah. characters popped up in any other games, did they? Like Pipsy the Mouse and whoever. Um, Tip Top, I believe, did pop up in Banjo Kazooie, uh, not as a playable character. I think he's like a character you talk oh. to him on the level. Yep, I definitely I see remember that right that being now. a turtle. Um, yeah, but yeah, Pick Pixie was like I think one of the, probably one of the best races in there. She was really small, really light, and very good at accelerating. So mm-hmm. she was really good off the mark, and for beginners, she was just amazing because she controlled the best. Um, yeah, I think I remember I really playing as him. Though. Yeah, Tip Top or Pipsy, I, I think Tip-top. I remember playing as them. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember some of the other characters were really hard to control. Like, they were fast, but really difficult to control. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's cool. Uh, I, I, yeah, I haven't, played it. I haven't played Diddy Kong this year. I should go back and actually play it from start to finish again, I think. Stream yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah maybe i will maybe i will nice um, i'm not to what about you have you got um, I, mean, I haven't even spoken about you you're okay. something <laughs> no you had a lot to say it was passionate i liked it i i think um it it used to be and and i if people are gonna think oh he's just talking about it because graham's on here again um panzer dragoon saga used to be a game i would for <laughs> some reason only find time to play during the summer because I could not ever get into JRPGs as a kid, so I would play that in spurts of the, over the summer. And it took me probably like three summers to get through kind of just very casually playing along with other stuff. Yeah. Um, and so that was always... So I, I, kind, I keep saying I need to go back to it again, so maybe if I get a more routine, um, maybe another day streaming or somehow somewhere i would play that again that that kind of it's not my summer game now but it was at one point um otherwise though a lot of genesis choice games though. what's that that's a good choice i mean oh I, yeah i feel like i feel like i would have panzer dragoon saga on my list because it's my favorite game of all time but mm-hmm. it, it, it made me so sad the first time i finished it i've never really gone back and played it from start to finish again like <laughs> it's kind of heartbreaking like there's something about that the whole story and stuff. It really, it really touched me, and it's still my favorite game. I will happily, I played it bits and pieces. I've we we um, need to we need to do it from start to finish. We so. need to like do a playthrough together of this game. I think, like whether yes, we stream it or not, we that. need to make this a thing. I think because I feel like yeah. I very much enjoy it because it is a unique 
RPG against a lot of others, especially for its time. And I'm sure that it's not aged super well in terms of controls and graphics just because of that era. But with your knowledge of the story and, and passion for it, I think it would be very interesting for us to go through that game. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I think the last time I actually t- I touched it last year, actually, I think I actually did pick it up and play it a little bit last year. The controls are actually still really good, I think. It's, like, it's one of the few games well I feel that work well with the 3D controller. Yeah, Um like I think it's spot on for the controls. The graphics obviously do look a bit dated, but because of its style, the fact that it's kind of like um, we're supposed to apocalyptic world, it kind of lends itself quite well. Like, yes, mm-hmm. the textures are quite grainy and muddied, but it kind of works. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the environments are really big and open. And yes, there's a lot of pop up, which is kind of what you get from the, the old systems, which is a bit of a yeah. downer, but it's still... There's something about when you can't see fully in the distance, something nice that when you actually go towards it and something pops up, you're like, oh, there's something I can explore here. So <laughs> it, it, it's weird. It, even though it's old and dated, and you, some people might find it a bit annoying, when I was playing it again, I was like, this kind of works. I feel like this is kind of keeping the, the mystery and intrigue alive about the, the world that you're in. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I would totally be up for that. Yeah, if you want to stream it and play it, and I'll, I'll sit there and watch and get excited and fanboy ass over it with you. Yeah, we'll have to talk shop about that. No promises, and I probably should just take this out of the podcast because then people are going to be like, when's the the when's the, the Buddy Panzer Saga uh, stream going to happen, guys? Um, oh, that, that's what we're going to call it, Buddy Panzer Stream Saga. <laughs> and we can have like a, a, a picture of us like with like Buddy Cop thing, like one of us holding God. a gun up, the other one like, Look at frowning, going, oh, kind of like side by side. Or like a, um, both riding a dragon, like two bros instead riding that, that two person bicycle or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, outside of Saga, though, uh, honestly, a lot of Genesis games, um, because it always was, that was kind of when, you know, I'd go over to friends' house, friends' houses in the summer, and we would just play all day, and until our parents would yell at us to go outside or whatever. So, so honestly, uh, in that group is like the Road Rash series, um, kind of some platformers here and there, like Dynamite Heady, of course, the Sonic games. Um, I would say even uh, Rock and Roll Racing for sure is up there, and um, I'm I'm staring at my collection, and I just forgot a game because I don't think I actually own it. Uh, General Chaos is a cool little oh, okay. game to sit down and play, um, but yeah, a lot of just a lot of the Genesis library. But the the ones that first come to mind are like Rock and Roll Racing, Road Rash two and three, um, stuff like that was a lot of fun. Uh, and and going to the arcade, I could go back to like different Dreamcast releases, probably with with stuff like Marvel vs. Capcom and things like that. But I'd say more so the Genesis library for me is something that I always reminds me of just summertime wasting time because we didn't have to worry about our homework and crap. So yeah, I'll go back uh, and play some yeah. of those things. I just realized I've never even played Rock and Roll Racing before. I, was I think I now. think we like, yeah I think we had yeah. talked about that before because you were describing a game that was like rock and roll racing and I said you need to play rock and roll racing because <laughs> it was yeah because I mentioned that it was a Blizzard game well it still is a Blizzard game but back when they did stuff other than World of Warcraft uh, and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wow it's very cool it's a cool. great it's that that was just part of the era where like a lot of games were co-op and they get forgotten about but it's the exact same game co-op as it is single player so it's not dumbed down so it's just as much fun 
Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I do love that. Apparently, mm. it's a rock and roll racing 3D. What? Did you notice? No. I just checked that YouTube video just popped up and I was like, really? What? All right, I'm looking this up. Right. There's a lot of real time. Unless it's, oh, it's, a, oh, it's an Indiegogo game. Um, oh, my. From um, 2013. Oh, it's, yeah, it's closed. <laughs> yeah, it did not hit its target. They got uh, <laughs> just over $1,500 for their $30,000 goal. Wow. Yeah. Um, they look quite cool. The, the video I just saw was pretty cool. Could have been something. There, There is a game I forget the name of on PS3 that I thought was rock and roll racing, but modernized, but it is not good. I can't even remember what it was actually called now. Um, oh, Blaze Rush. That was it. It's not great, folks. I'm sorry to say it's not wonderful, but rock and roll racing is good. Um, good old MIDI style classic rock, like Bad to the Bone and whatever else, like that stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, it, but it had a I had an asshole announcer that was always like, "Viper is looking lost out there" because he'd be in last place or uh, something like, and 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 like um I can't think of any of their other names like, uh I don't even know. Bucky's snake. gaining first. Oh yeah, snake. There is a snake. Like snake takes really a wipeout on that turn. You know, crap like that. And <laughs> and you would you could go in if you went in. I remember this distinctly. If you go into the options menu and turn him off. As you as you turn him off, he'll just go whoa, or something like that. Like, <laughs> like you just killed him, or so. I don't know. Even, I don't even know. Turned him off in real uh, life, but yeah, Rock and Roll Racing's a good time. Um, good stuff in there. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I yeah. So go play more games. Sit inside in the summer, <laughs> especially these ninety degree days. Sit inside and play mm. games, sitting next to your fan or something, folks. I mean, depending on where you live, lockdown's probably still in effect for some That's people. That's true. So, Keep it up and play these know. games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if your mum tells you guys, I go, no, it's COVID out there. Can't, can't nope. do that. Stay Screw inside, that, mom. Safe. This is for <laughs> the uh, health and safety of this country. I need to play these video games. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing my bit for America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm doing my part. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, I think that's going to do it, though, unless you thought of anything else while I was rambling on about games. Um, I always think of games I used to... I, more games I used to play in the summer, which I haven't really played so much anymore. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I think I can leave it there. Like, uh, There's loads... Of, I just, we, This topic could go on for hours, I think, to be honest. Yep. So maybe we'll bring it back up another day. Maybe we'll, yeah, maybe. we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's going to do it for this week's episode, folks. Uh, I believe Chris will be returning. Everyone, you can put your fears to rest that we'll be hearing more about Sam Neill's asshole uh, and other oh. things and the how the farm is going. But um, do you have anything going on outside of this podcast that you could plug, Graham? Um, no. No, I don't think I do at the moment. So okay. we'll put that to bed. But what about you? Um, for myself, we'll keep streaming. Uh, I believe the next episode of Knuckles Adventure is going to be this coming Wednesday, unless something happens where I'll be going through, uh, we're up to Sonic 3, and I don't think you can play just Sonic 3 as Knuckles, so it'll be Sonic 3 and Knuckles, um, and, uh, Thursday Night Throwdown, not sure, I would honestly be fine if we continued playing Heave Ho and got more people involved with that, but we'll see what actually happens, uh, yeah, we it's it's a good oh it's such a good game. Um maybe what, more Dreamcast. What's stuff. Available? Uh it is on PC and Switch. We actually oh, ended I, up I, using Parsec to play it and it worked pretty well. Oh um, 
Yeah, so we might even do that. Uh, oh, and you know what? Haven't announced it yet, but we're planning it. The Dreamcast 24-hour... Wait, shit. The Dreamless Dreamcast 24-hour <laughs> marathon is coming up, folks. This is the official announcement, September 12th. Mark your calendars following the $9,999 celebration. Um, I'll throw... Actually, in every single podcast description, there is a link to the clips compilation and the thank you of last year's marathon so check that out just scroll on down and click on that um it's a bunch of clips from when we were playing this year of course with social distancing and everything we're not going to be all gathering in my house but we are going to be using parsec and playing games online with each other um it's always a lot of fun and it's for a good cause as well we raise money for extra life last year we smashed that thousand dollar goal hopefully we can do that again thank you um, and thank we you. always give out, yeah, thank you so much for the help with that. And we always give out a Dreamcast console every year. Um, still my favorite thing with the marathon is when we introduce people to brand, not brand new games, but like, cause the Dreamcast is such a capsule of weird things that people were trying around that time. Um, like I, last year, the, the best thing that came out of it for me personally was introducing Corey to the ill bleed game. And, cause he fell <laughs> in love with that. And this, he said it last year. <laughs> We might hold him to it that he wants to try to do a speed run of the first level. We'll see if that can Ooh. happen. I would totally be down for that. Um, but it, and I think like, you know, like for example, last year, Graham, you learned of Tokyo Bus Guide amongst other insane things. Oh, that, that was <laughs> such a good game. Like, seriously, <laughs> you drive a bus around Japan or Tokyo even. It's like, that sounds terrible. It's so much fun yeah and it's it's such a weird great game for a group like i don't think you could have nearly as much fun playing that game solo it's definitely something sober or not drinks involved or not you still have a blast with a group of people playing that because it's so it's surprisingly deep i will dare to say (laughs) um but uh definitely watch there's some some clips of that in in the in the compilation um but that's coming up um official announcement of that Mark your calendars, 9-12. My, mm-hmm. my favorite moment from last year was when I kept telling you guys that you could use the fishing rod controller on Crazy Taxi. Oh. And I don't think any of you believe me. And then I did. And um, who was it? Whose reaction was it? Uh, was um, it Other Chris? I think, yeah. Like, I think one of the I was just like sitting there spinning the, the fishy rod wheel thing. And, Not like, collecting any. I remember you you weren't getting any passengers because you were just <laughs> driving around like a madman. It was great. <laughs> so much fun. It's yeah, such a, it's, a fun, it's so fun experience to have. <laughs> um, and uh but yeah that'll be happening uh and and as always though guys you know please hop on the patreon support us in getting the latest issue of the magazine um with uh virtual on oratorio tangram on that cover we've got that sweet uh april o'neill ninja turtles poster for sale on megavisionsmag.com where if you miss this issue on patreon you can get back issues there uh and but hop on patreon to keep up with things and get the next issue as soon as it releases um, aside from that, you know, just keep following us on Twitter at Megavisions, where we post about everything going on, Twitch streams, uh, Patreon updates, um, website updates, all that good stuff. Um, but that is gonna do it for us. So I think we are up, over and gone. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Just end with a weird Conan impression, because I always go into that and go. Oh
Space for heroes dressed in grey No plans for final day Stay in bed, drift away It could have been all songs in the street It was nearly complete, it was nearly so sweet And now I'm singing three lines on the shirt Jules remains still gleaming And psycho screaming Three lines on the shirt Jules remains still gleaming No more years 